0: Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. And this week sounds like a wrestling match with Jacob's Ladder and The Cell. That's a foreign object and a cage match. But it's probably not.
1: Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in
0: theater. That's why to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols, which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted.
2: Don't call us party people. You know better.
3: What? I know you guys are tearing up the town. tracing
4: roofs <laughs> and what? Ta- tear- tearing up the town.
2: I went to bed at ten o'clock last night, which is highly unusual for me. I'm not tearing went, up any towns.
3: Listen, I went to bed at eleven o'clock. Do you know why? Why? Because I was out watching wrestling.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> like, like an adult. Uh, that's what you think
4: adults do. <laughs> Just to clarify. <laughs> I went to bed at, like, 1, because I had to stay up and watch the movies for this, so.
2: Well, to be fair, I went to bed at 10, but then I woke up at 2.30 and was instantly wide awake, so I had to get up to watch one of the movies then. Well, that's good. I
3: Well, in, in you guys' defense, half asleep and disorientated is probably the best way to watch either of these movies.
4: <sighs> it's also the best way to record this podcast, so. And honestly, just most of life actually is just better off half asleep and disoriented. I recommend it for work for sure.
2: You want to go into work every day, like super happy and ready, oh, ready to go? Definitely
4: De-
3: definitely not my job, which is super detail-oriented. So is mine, but
4: oh, I find it's, it's best if, you, uh, if you're going to be near other people. Don't be too wide awake. Don't pay attention to what they're doing.
1: I was going to say the, co- couple times
3: I've, the couple times I've gone into work like, uh, and stayed up way too late the night before. I always get my ass chewed because I made a mistake or missed something.
2: Yeah. Oh, well, Does that mean the episodes that we go super long, you get in trouble the next day? Yes. Oh, because that right. means Doug's going to make every episode
4: <laughs> super long now. Can we put this on pause so I can watch two more movies to talk about later? <laughs> <laughs> You're cruel. You're cruel, cruel people. I just like the idea that when I'm not yelling at you, hopefully somebody else is. <laughs> hey, no, your boss? So be it. I your mean,
3: I mean, that's just pretty normal.
2: <laughs> somebody just spit into a spittoon, because that's what it sounded like. That's really no, what I, it
3: sounded like. No, I threw a battery into my uh, metal Star Wars oh. trash can. Okay,
4: that's... Right. That makes a lot more sense, given the group that we're dealing with right now. (laughs) (laughs) Also, my spittoon is getting its brass
3: finished polished.
4: Okay. In my head, I was like, do we have to start reminding everyone to take off their spurs before we record? (laughs) What the fuck is going on? (laughs)
2: There's a A lot lot
3: of goddamn Mandalorians walking around in this, son of a bitch. Uh, I
2: don't know. Should we just get into it? guess. I feel like the half asleep and uh, groggy thing would have been a better segue, but
4: it's yeah, hard but, to segue into these movies. They're pretty, yeah, but movies. I, would, <laughs> I was getting
3: ready to say, but once again, an, an awkward nonsensical segue is probably a better fit for these movies.
4: <laughs> what was awkward and nonsensical about these?
3: <laughs> no, nothing. There was never a moment <laughs> where the story just <laughs> violently shifts gears.
2: Uh, well, no, why don't you run down Jacob's Ladder? Uh,
3: Jacob's Ladder is a
2: bounty... Which, which, by the way, I will say we probably should have a spoiler section for the end of this one, just because of the nature of it. Yeah, wasn't it released in 90? Yeah, Yeah, I know, but... But most people know the twenty nineteen version
4: better. So
0: fine.
3: Ugh. Fine. We will just we'll just start this with a spoiler warning because this <laughs> this movie doesn't actually have a plot. So technically every moment of the movie is a spoiler. Yeah, I would um if you haven't if you haven't seen this one, maybe you should go watch it before listening let's, to
4: the rest Let's of the take podcast. a step back. Well, Noah tell us about the cell and that way when we talk about Jacob's ladder, people will can listen to that part if they don't want to listen to the Jacob Ladder discussion. <laughs>
3: acceptable Uh, the cell is about a piece of magic technology that allows people to go into the subconsciousness of other people in order to give therapy to people who are in comas although there's only like one person who's receiving this therapy that that project must be extraordinarily well funded to just have one patient well it's an experimental thing right I don't think it yeah, but when you do an experiment, the whole trick to an experiment is doing it with lots of people so that you have data, not just one kid. <laughs> I don't know. Moving on. Doesn't matter. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's character is a um, mentally ill person. I I think they keep calling him schizophrenic, but I don't. I, movies and uh, psychiatric diagnoses don't work well together. So we're uh, just going to say there's something wrong with him.
2: The, the diagnosis yeah, we, they give him is made up just for this movie.
3: Right. Just it, you it's know, weird because the, the actual use, thing they, they call words. it is not real. Good. So he has yeah. a fakey fake mental disease.
4: Yes. Yeah. And they go on the assumption that it's caused by a virus in the brain when you're in utero, which is not... <laughs> It's, yeah, it's, true. It's, it's a lot to say considering how little they say in this movie it's right. a lot to say about a made-up disease but okay uh
3: so his his serial killery thing is that he abducts women and places them in a cell uh, uh name of the movie right uh which then slowly <laughs> over the course of days slowly fills with water to drown them it's actually like of all of the horrible tortures that have been done to people in movies, this one's actually pretty oh. bad.
4: Yeah, they're just because they're in there. It's maybe the worst we've ever seen. They're in there alone. They have food and drinking water. And then the cell just every now and again just sprays them with water, which goes nowhere for over the course of, I think they said it's 40 hours. And 40 hours later, you drown because there's nowhere to go. And it's now full. Yeah. Yeah, it's, br- but it's brutal. 40 hours of like getting hit with that water. You're like, oh shit. And then it stops. And then you've got a bed and a toilet and food and drinking water to keep you safe until it just hits you with that water again. It's it's hor- horrific. Just yeah. disturbing.
3: Uh, he then takes their lifeless corpse, uh, thoroughly bleaches their anus and or the rest of them. <laughs>
4: I think it's I think it's the whole
3: body. Yeah, lays lays the body. <laughs> I think, I think and you I think on that brought up
4: anuses. I think you brought up anuses there because you want to talk about anuses, not because the movie well, directs you to that. Well, the only
3: the only product I can think of that is designed for skin bleaching is for bleaching
4: your anus. Well, I can't even think of that. I'm not gonna lie to you. And it, they clearly show him bleaching the entire body. The movies. It's not the movie's right. fault. You brought up anuses. That was hey. on you. <laughs>
3: Hey, <laughs> this is where we are. Uh, he then suspends himself from horrible ring piercings in his back and jacks off onto their weird, lifeless, bleached corpse, which is uh, well, once again, well, this I forgot about that scene. And now that image is burned into my mind. Uh, of of yeah, I, don't, I don't know Vincent how you De- forgot about that scene. Vincent CD. D'Onofrio's fucking O face. The the reason you forgot
2: about it is because it wasn't in the theatrical cut.
4: Oh, is that right? That wasn't in the theatrical cut. Okay. Maybe that I only saw this movie on DVD. So
2: they cut it out because they were, they would have got an NC 17, but, uh, it was still in the European cut. So then when it went to home video, they just put it back in and left the R rating on the back of the box, hoping nobody would notice. Oh, delightful. Uh, So his, I, I don't just, know if delightful would be a good way to describe having that scene, but sure.
3: No, no, I'm is, their thought their thought process of editing a movie without telling the ratings board is delightful. Not yeah. not Vincent DiNaprio's <laughs> horrible O face masturbating onto a corpse,
4: <laughs> bleached bleached corpse. Sorry, just yeah. to clarify. <laughs> and
3: and the fact that he spends the rest of the movie making this sound, <laughs> weird. It's horrible. Uh, so his, whatever is wrong with his brain finally comes to a head in which he falls into a coma just in time for them to figure out who he is, but he has already abducted his next villain, uh, victim who is, uh, trapped in a cell, slowly getting drowned. And Vincent D'Onofrio has to help Jennifer Lopez get up in his brain to find out where this girl is before she slowly drowns to death. Uh, and then ninety percent of this movie is just weird dream sequences about the uh, fetishistic subconscious of a serial killer who thinks that he's God. Yeah, he's God which, in his own brain. Yeah, which is which comes to I don't I don't know. It's basically this whole movie is just a series of weird fucking visuals, and most of yeah. them are pretty great. So if you're going into a movie and you're just wanting to see some crazy weird dream. Sequency kind of stuff. That's pretty much this whole movie.
4: Yeah. What's super weird about this movie is all that like plot that you gave is the first like half hour. All that stuff like with the serial killer and the masturbation and the cell takes about a half an hour to get through. And then that's when the real movie starts. All that stuff is set up, which is it's even by stuff we talk about on this podcast standards. That's pretty fucked up setup, right? Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. The cons—that's just to set to get the story going. Like, I, I
3: was gonna say there are two immediate cons to this movie, and that is the dramatic performances lie on the shoulder of three people, one of whom is Vincent D'Onofrio. Who, yeah, he fucking you know, it's fucking Vincent D'Onofrio. The dude fucking rocks it, even with his creepy ill face. Uh, and then the other two are fucking Vince Fawn and fucking butt cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> and neither and, and neither of them are particularly.
4: Brian, can good you at tell this. the listeners who he's referring to? Jennifer, Jennifer Lopez <laughs> <me>. Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> she, Jennifer I know. Lopez. I just don't think the average person is gonna know. <laughs> she fucking she insured
3: her butt cheeks, so she's forever butt cheeks to well, me. I know.
4: I don't know that about her, and I don't need to know that about her. I will say, so we'll, we're going to have to talk about D'Onofrio's performance as we go through. It's going to keep coming up, but with her, I don't think she's bad in this movie. I think she's I, miscast. I, I don't think she belongs in this movie at all. I, like it I should think, be, an I older, think she's like more traditional psychologist that we're dealing with. You know, frankly, a less attractive woman would make more sense. Um,
3: well, but they need her to be sexy for all the sexy dream sequence stuff. <laughs> I
4: don't know that – I don't know that you do need that, quite frankly. There's lots of other women in this in those dream sequences that could handle the sexiness and you could have her be just there reacting to that and being horrified by it. Yes. Yeah, I suppose.
3: When's yeah. It, I, so I'll I'll say this. It's, it's not like she's putting in a garbage performance, but she's no. putting in a Vince Vaughn-level performance, which – uh, she's
4: better than Vince Vaughn. What do you think?
3: I don't. I don't like Vince Vaughn in this. Yeah, I think. I think they're just both the blandest. I in a, in a movie that's nothing but trippy dream sequences and Vincent D'Onofrio going fucking off the deep end of method acting. <laughs> you know, having those two fucking wet blanket motherfuckers chewing scenery <laughs> is annoying.
2: <laughs> If you want to know how good Vincent D'Onofrio's performance is uh, compared to the other two. Uh, apparently, after watching this movie, his wife would not sleep in the same bed with him for two weeks. That's,
4: <laughs> that's a very reasonable reaction. I'm not going to lie. That's, that's, <laughs> I don't the know thing why. About, that's great. That's great. <laughs> the thing that's great about D'Onofrio in this movie is that he's this like, you know, weird serial killer guy. Not necessarily intimidating. Obviously, very fucked mm-hmm. up. Obviously, mentally ill. You know, makes those weird noises. Does the jerk off thing, which is gross as it is, is not like something that's scary. Do you know what I mean? And then they go into his brain, and he has to turn around and be this godlike figure with. And it, there's multiple versions of it, but he's got these big horns in certain scenes and he speaks in this deep voice and he's intimidating and scary. And you're like, how is that the same guy? And it like, it's, it's, it really is a showcase for him to show how the different ways in which he can be creepy and weird and not just like, he's not restricted to one level of just disgusting. He's got multiple and it's really interesting to see him go through them all. There's no version of him. That's just like, Oh yeah, that's a guy you'd want to know, but there's a, I'd say at least three to four different versions of creepy weird gross guy in this movie
3: i was gonna say when you were talking about his horns you left out a very important thing and that they're giant demon horns made of human hair which yes, makes them which makes them so much fucking worse <laughs> yeah like all the all the, the vincent d'onofrio stuff you're like Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> all
4: the yeah and that and that goes to i think like I looked up the director and he's like Indian or something like he's not like a normal Hollywood director. His attention to detail on the visuals is fascinating. And there are a couple of moments where it's like, this is a, from the year 2000, I think like it's, there are a couple of moments where the CGI fails them a little bit when you're watching it today. But for the most part, it's all just fascinating to look at. And like you say, all the, the fact that you can tell that those horns are made out of human hair and you're like, yeah, I guess that's, what a human horn growing out of your head would be made out of, wouldn't it be? Like that is, <laughs> I don't want to know that. But apparently, it's it feels right, so it feels natural when you see it. And then you know, same thing when you see the the girls in the dream sequences that are all like doll and made into human dolls, and you're like, Oh, like yeah, I guess that's what a human would look like if you made him into a doll. Yeah. Guess I'm I not about, seeing that Pinocchio remake that's coming out because now I don't want to. <laughs> <I>
1: forgot about <laughs> like, naked
3: muscle doll. That's a thing yeah. that happens oh, yeah, in the movie yeah. too. That yeah, it's just so the strange. Builder. Well, yeah. it, the strangest thing is that they're like, "Look at her muscly butt cheeks. Look at them!"
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: like, there's there's a solid two minutes of this movie that is nothing but this muscly bleached girl's butt
2: cheeks. Noah's obsessed yeah. with butt cheeks in this movie for some reason. He's really It's, it's
4: really just the whole stuff. butt area. He's hes really there isn't, t- no one else thinks that No, just so we're clear. When you're, talking <laughs> about, yeah. when you're talking to your therapist about what we had to say about this movie and what you had to say about this movie, you make sure that none of us brought up the butt stuff. It was all on you.
1: So, um,
2: anyways. Well, I don't yeah, think like it's a, a big surprise. This director is a former music video director as well. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah.
4: Um, and it, it, you know, it makes sense that these concerts like, you could take—I don't know what fucking music you'd put it to, but you could take all those dream sequences and make them into music videos, and it would—it would really work. Um, I, I don't, probably not a band that would do particularly well commercially, but um, <laughs> I don't, the, the
3: whole thing is very much like a tool video. Yeah, I can this, see, I can see that. I even like saying, the uh, weird the weird suits that they put the doctors in before they go into the brain is like this weird tight muscle suit and by muscle suit I mean it literally looks like yeah, the human body muscles and it's somewhere between something that you would see in a tool video and the weird armor from Bram Stoker's
2: Dracula. <laughs> that's, uh, what it that's, what it, same, that's what it is. That's what It's the same It's the same costume designer. This is the Bram Stoker's Dracula. Really?
3: Okay. Okay. Yep. okay. Yep. Well, there we go. So they got a thing for
4: that armor. Okay.
2: Yep.
3: Then I um, am not crazy. That was not in my head. And no, he specifically
2: no, I... wanted it to look like human musculature. So, oh, yeah. Like he specifically hired that costume director based off that suit from Dracula. So it all makes okay. sense.
4: All right. Yeah. Cause I like, I was trying to place it when I could see it. I'm like, I've seen this before and I was trying to figure it out. And that's exactly right. Is Bram Stoker's Dracula. Okay. I really liked the touch of – so they're in this the muscle suits. They're suspended in air, which is obviously like a, a reference to the fact that the killer also likes to be ref, hung in air when he does his thing. And then uh, I liked the little like blanket they put over their face with like all the sensors in it to read their brain through their eyes or whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? Sure. I thought that was
2: weird, but I'm <laughs> yeah, just like fucking non- look, nonsense.
4: a a napkin with some circuitry in it. <laughs> it. It looked cool, and I thought it was a nice touch. I, I really enjoyed that. This film does not necessarily pay attention to detail in the way that you might expect a film with this level of, like, fake technology in it, too. Um, a lot of the dialogue is really, like... Like, whenever they're talking about the serial killer, Vince Vaughn's character just keeps saying, like, they want him to be a loner. So he does things that says that make us know he's a loner. They don't tell you what things he does. They just say he just have him do that, and he does it, like, three times. Like, uh, there's a... Um, even a moment where they're talking to the victim's parents and she's like, well, maybe like our daughter's missing for some other reason. And she wasn't taken by this guy. No, there are certain things we've seen that make us know it's him. What, what things like it, it, and I'd say it happens probably at least four times in the movie. And it's always Vince Vaughn who has to deliver the line, which is, you know, he's already not giving a great performance and then he's got to deliver dialogue like that. And you're just like, Oh God, like it's, um, it's problematic. But again, we're not really here for that. That's not what this movie is. So we should probably get back to talking about the music videos. How
1: about
3: how about <laughs> that scene where the glass panels drop and slice a horse into like thin little yep. bits and then spread it yeah. out? Yeah. yeah. Which, if I remember right, I think that's based on something that's in a museum. Because I want to say I've yep. seen it.
4: Yeah, there is yeah whether it's a horse or not is what I'm not sure of off the top of my head, but there is definitely like, yeah, um, they did that to an animal for scientific
2: purposes and not just for visual purposes. And then they went ahead and stuck it in this movie. There's a lot of stuff from this movie that's taken from paintings and stuff. Okay. When uh, Vince Vaughn first shows up and there's like the three women sitting there with their mouths open and just being creepy and telling him weird shit. That's based on a painting. Um, and then, uh, I don't know. There's another scene that's based on a painting that he was inspired by. So he put a lot of that shit in this. Okay. It makes sense that those visuals
4: don't all come out of one guy's head. So <laughs> I'm not surprised.
0: Yeah.
4: I like some of the uh, stuff, though. Like, it's like, you know, brought up the horse. I like that when she went into the like innocent little kid's brain and he's just like having his coma or whatever and that kid like gifts her a horse and it's a sign of like that she's progressing and then she gets into Vincent (laughs) D'Onofrio's fucked up brain and there's a horse and she's like, oh, another horse like before and then it just gets sliced up and you're like, all right. I see what you're trying to tell us here about the difference between these two characters whose brains we've gone into. (laughs)
2: Uh let's see the horse one is inspired by the work of British artist Damien Hurst. Uh his installation, some comfort gained from the acceptance of the inherent lies in everything, apparently is what his artwork is called. All right. I'm not gonna not gonna learn
4: about his artwork. Uh, yes. This
3: is this is way too deep for a movie with Jennifer Lopez in it, Brian. Uh
2: there. The scene where she's chasing Carl through a stone hallway right before she enters the room with the horse is based on a painting by H.R. Geiger called Shot. It
0: makes
2: S-C-H- more sense. S C H A C H T. Yeah, I don't know.
4: Yeah. It makes more sense that they're grabbing visuals from Geiger though. It. It's like <laughs> Yeah,
2: totally. <laughs> That's then uh, he was inspired by music videos directed by a Mark and Mark Romanek, such as Closer and The Perfect Drug by The Nine Inch Nails. Bedtime yeah. Story by Madonna and several music videos directed by Floria Sigismondi for Marilyn Manson. So that's like all yeah. the that tracks. Yep.
3: Yep. So sense. basically what you're saying is 90s as
2: fuck. <laughs> it really came out in 2000.
4: I mean really they're just like 90s are over we've gotten all the influences from the 90s we could possibly get so we can make this movie now
2: yeah so, uh, so I what don't have, know what do we think of this
4: movie I, well so I'm I'm
3: in a really weird mix space for this movie because I feel like the visuals are so fucking cool and they make up the majority of this movie and it's still not enough like I need more of that really? and less of fucking Vince Vaughn and fucking Jennifer Lopez boring me. (laughs) I just don't, I don't fucking care about them. I just want, I just want crazy fucking Vincent D'Onofrio
4: being fucking weird. I mean, they they rely pretty heavily on it. Um, They do. That's, I I was more of that. I was, I think we we're all going to be, well, we haven't really gotten much from Brian yet, but like, I agree with you. This is about the visuals and about the performance from D'Onofrio but I think there's enough D'Onofrio in that first half hour that I'm not bothered by the fact that we have to sit through the other guys. Um, And some of the side characters weird, like how many um, side characters were played by actors that you kind of recognize. There was one guy from breaking bad was one of the cops and like the I think like the coach from uh, major league was one of the cops playing this like weird, like folksy sheriff. (laughs) And you're like, it's one of those weird things where you're like that guy, like that character, because we've got these like typical FBI guys, you've got Vince Vaughn, you've got a guy that I kept thinking was Tim Roth, even though it isn't, um, you know, playing very stereotypical FBI guys in suits and everything. And then you just got this like folksy cop. That's got like a cowboy hat and a big mustache. And you're like, okay, it's fine. It's all, like, okay in that first half hour. And then we dive into the visuals, and none of that matters anymore at all. There's, like, a weird side story going on about them tracking the guy down based on his dog or whatever. But I don't care, right? I'm I'm just – that's all just breaks from the visuals because we can't have an hour straight of those. instant not real visuals. His wife would never sleep beside him again. Yeah. <laughs> So Um, overall, I I, like I'm positive on this because I just think the positives outweigh the negatives quite heavily. I would say like D'Onofrio is so good that I'm willing to put up with these other actors.
3: I don't I don't say I wouldn't say I disagree with that. I mean, it's a good I I think where I'm at is this is a, a pretty good movie that could have been a fucking great movie if if you had had better actors and maybe. Uh, a less kind of stupid, slap together science bullshit story to get you to the visuals.
4: <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, if it if it were me, what I would have done with this movie is I would have expanded that first part and I would have done the FBI stuff better and had them, had it be like an hour into the film when they finally catch D'Onofrio's character and then you have the big twist where it's like, now we're going to spend the rest of the movie in his brain, right? So then I you would have got those two like completely separate halves of the movie kind of like divided. I think that would have been more interesting. Um, And then you could have, you would have still needed a better actor than Vince Vaughn as your head, um, as your head FBI guy. And you would have needed, you would have needed better dialogue as well, no matter who the actor was like, yeah, like watching him like smoke and put the cigarettes out, like to show how stressed he is, is like, it's problematic the way he does it, but yeah. it's also the script, right? You know what
3: drives me the most nuts about fucking Vince Vaughn is that Vince Vaughn's in three or four movies that I fucking really, really like. And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> I, hate the, I hate the fact that he's in a few good movies, and he's not even a bad part of those movies. Like, Swingers? Fucking great. <laughs> Just is. Fucking Wedding Crashers? He's a good fucking comedic great. actor. He's he's good in comedies, well, and even even in serious stuff, uh, uh, Rumble and Subblock Ninety Nine, fucking great. I don't know if I'd call him great. Not, but he's okay.
2: He doesn't ruin that movie. I have a much, uh, I have a lot less of a problem with Vince Vince Vaughn, I guess. He doesn't bother me nearly as much. Again, they could I have re- got somebody better for this movie, but I don't. See him, and then I'm like, oh, fucking Vince Vaughn, blah. Well, once again, you I,
3: pick up, you pick up Jennifer Lopez, and you chuck her out a window because nobody fucking needs her in a movie, and you just give all of her lines to uh, what's it, what's her face, the other doctor chick? Oh, uh, um, oh, that's Marianne. Idea, Marianne
4: right? Jean Baptiste is that her name? I think that's right. I think yeah. it's something like that. Um, but yeah, that's an interesting idea to have her in it. I would see what I would have done is cast an older lady. Someone who was like a more like traditional, what you would picture a child psychologist to be Dame Judy. Dench. Con, not, not quite that old, but like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> man, I mean, that would, that would be,
3: that would be such a fucking different yeah, movie. You, with you know what? Judy you know
4: Actually in, in 2000, she might've been appropriate. I don't uh, know, I can't think of what she or, was like back then, but or Helen Mirren, maybe. Yeah. So, Someone motherly so that you see her interacting with that child when she's like in the, the opening scenes of the movie. And you know that that's who you have going it up against incident, you rather than like, again, like it shouldn't be a hot chick. It, it, it shouldn't be. You know what I mean? It's not suitable for the role they want her to play. Uh,
1: but
2: they need someone to stand in front of the refrigerator in her underwear. Come on. I know.
4: Well, go home and you, smoke I mean, no there pain. are a lot also of actresses though. <laughs> There are a lot of
3: actresses though that kind of can pull both those things off. Like Sigourney Weaver could have been a middle-aged doctory type person who's also kind
4: of fucking hot. Yeah, yeah that would have been okay. I mean, like they cast Jennifer Lopez cuz she was like a big media darling at the time and she was willing to do their movie. Um so I think it's like my guess is the script wasn't written with a Jennifer Lopez type in mind.
2: No. The scriptwriter actually hates this movie. Because it's oh, nothing really? nothing like the script he wrote. And he okay. hopes they remake it someday.
3: So I wonder what That's the di- I would see, I would love to see that script because I'd like to know what the differences yeah. are. Uh,
2: if you're wondering though, if this uh type of movie would be better with a different cast, you could watch uh the Cell 2, which they made like many years later and went to direct a video. Wait, what? And it unconnected. <laughs> unconnected. Have you seen movie. it or
4: no? Have you seen it, Brian?
2: No, we, I figured. even know? Like, I haven't. I haven't seen it. I'm, I figured it would be f- f- fucking terrible, so I didn't even bother. Yeah.
3: Is it? Does it get weird? Yeah, just is it like Cube Two, where they like <laughs>
2: they
3: they just really lean into the crazy? It's the the Cell Two, Hypercell.
2: Cell. <laughs> uh, let see. It was made nine years later. Uh, it says, uh, the Cusp is a serial killer. Kills his victims and then brings them back to life over and over until they beg to die. Psychic Maya is an investigator who gained her powers after being in a one-year coma caused by, by being the cusp's first victim. Now the cusp was back and with no time for preparation, Maya has to enter into the killer's mind to save his latest victim.
3: Two thoughts. First, I no. kind of want to see that because that sounds like hot garbage and you guys know that I love hot garbage. <laughs> uh, sec- second thought.
4: Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing about that is like that whole like, serial killer sounds really interesting. Make a movie about that guy. But I don't know why his victim has to get psychic powers. <laughs> that seems unnecessary, especially <laughs> when she's going to use the. They have the machine in the lore to have her enter his mind, so no psychic power is necessary to do that. You just have her timed the machine.
2: Yeah, I think I'm sure this was yeah. like a movie. They're like, um, if we slap the cell too on this, it'll sell five more copies. Let's do it.
3: Or. Or maybe that's that scriptwriter. And he's like, in my original vision, Jennifer Lopez's character was a psychic rape
4: victim. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, we, uh, we were on his side instinctively,
2: but maybe we shouldn't have been. <laughs> <laughs> different, uh, different screenwriter, looks like. Well, it's good. Um, I don't know. I'm positive on this movie. I enjoy it. Uh, J-Lo and Vaughn don't bother me nearly as much as they do Noah, that's for sure. Um, The visuals are amazing, and as we've said, Vincent D'Onofrio is fantastic. I would just watch a whole movie from his point of view and be pretty happy with it. Yeah. I'm
3: a little little sad that Vincent D'Onofrio isn't in a million more movies. He's in a lot of movies, too. It's just not... uh. Not enough.
2: He's in uh, the first Jurassic World, the bad guy. Yeah, it was pretty unextraordinary. So
4: well, I, I think that was a paycheck movie. I don't think that was. I'm mm-hmm. <laughs> sure that that was like no, a, a tough, tough. No, challenging role for him. <laughs> he's he's
3: Pooh Bear in The Salton Sea, one of my favorite movies. Never seen it. I, I, might, it was, I, of, I might have to chuck that on the list.
2: That'd be fine. I've I've always kind of it's. Bit on like I would watch a list, but I've just never seen it. Isn't that
4: like Val Kilmer? Yeah, Is that, I'm not thinking of the other same movie. Val, yeah, okay. Val
2: Val Kilmer
3: and it's kind of a, a twisted mystery revenge movie that's about meth tweakers. Okay. Okay. It's, it's really hard to explain. It's a it's a it it borders on art housey bullshit, but it's pretty great.
4: That's, I'm pretty fine with art housey bullshit, so whatever. <laughs> Anyways, that's not the movie we're here to talk no. about. I've never even seen that one.
2: <laughs> she also mention uh, Pruitt Taylor-Vince so. is in this movie. Is, is the doctor that recommends this procedure to Vaughn. He's in it for 30 seconds. Okay.
4: Oh, it uh, just, the other thing we should, it, we should talk about to the next is, movie. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. The thing we should complain about before we're done with this one, though, is Vince Vaughn going in at the end. It's just unexperienced and can totally uh... just like yeah just having having him go in at the end rather than just letting the doctor character like you know just letting the hero of the movie be a woman would have been probably better (laughs) and it's like very obvious that they're like no we need our big cop action hero guy he smokes cigarettes and doesn't sleep enough so he's a typical cop who is going to save the day and it's like no we don't need that would have been better to have her like a moment where she sat up and like yelled like go to this place and then they just uh went and found the went and found the uh victim or whatever you can still have Vince Vaughn do the hero thing where he breaks in and shoots the glass and the water comes running out and he saves the girl but you don't need to have him in the brain in that
2: weird world it's unnecessary
4: and annoying. Yeah,
2: but I mean, Noah had to have enjoyed the part where he gets his intestines pulled out and put on a spit. Yeah, it's so fucking. that great. was look, that part was pretty fucking badass. Um,
4: I actually was... I wish there was more of that.
3: I, I kind of wish the they had done a thing where maybe they, the opposite of what Doug was saying. So put him put him in the killer's mind earlier, but have everything more mundane and maybe keep ratcheting up how kind of crazy he's gone as it goes on and get gorier and crazier and him becoming more godlike as it proceeds. If that makes but sense. That would be interesting.
4: What did you guys think about the part where they were in his brain and the kid version of him was there and we got to see him being like abused and whatever else. Um, and she was able to sort of connect with that version of him. Because that... I didn't mind it. I thought it was well done, but I did think it was a little bit strange because the previous person whose brain she'd gone into, there wasn't multiple versions of that person in there, right? There was just the one. Yeah. It was a little bit weird how they just had like the kid version running around and the adult version. Done.
2: Well, if he's supposed to be this weird kind of schizophrenic, I guess you could argue that that would make sense. He's, he's, you know, uh, uh. Like, Split up into multiple personalities, essentially. Yeah.
4: So we're assuming that the audience will believe schizophrenic means multiple personalities, even though that's not what it means. Yeah. Once again, movies and medical
3: diagnoses just, yeah. just should not should n- never
2: the two should meet. Yeah. Um but yeah, I don't know. Weirdly, they did cut out a plot point where she talks about that she had an abortion when she was younger. So her connecting to all these children, I think, was supposed to be this, I don't know. The the emptiness of her womb made manifest. Just, (laughs) yeah, like her regret for doing it or whatever. Some nonsense that they did. I mean, they did a test screening. People didn't like it. They cut it out. So. But if you notice, if you know that, then you watch this, you're like, oh, yeah, she was trying to connect with all these kids. Now I see what they were doing.
4: Yeah, I don't know if we need that in there. Yeah, it's no good.
3: There's a good reason why test audience didn't react to that. Because it's fucking dumb.
2: Mm, yeah, I don't know.
3: I'm trying to think if there's any other visuals of this movie that were real fucking cool. I'm surprised uh, Doug isn't a little more frustrated with their random use of slow motion.
1: Oh, that's the, the one I was going to
4: bring up. So because <laughs> not only look, like, look, there's. The one that drives me nuts is when they're getting to the hospital, right? Because inside the visual world, they use all sorts of weird camera tricks. And they use that same – it looks almost like what Wanda Maximoff had going on when she was at the end of Age of Ultron. You know, stuff like that where she kind of moves jarringly and weird. And you see all sorts of stuff like that in that dream world and it looks cool. But then they fucking – they use slow motion and stuff for the goddamn FBI showing up to the hospital – and like you're not only is it fucking stupid, like don't do that, but then also you're taking away from the impact of those weird visuals that happen in the, in the uh, dream world by having them ex- happen in the outside world too. Don't fucking do it. It's stupid. Never use slow motion in your movies. Ah, oh, fuck. It was annoying. Agreed.
3: The thing I liked about the slow motion in the dream world, especially so the scene where they're kind of in the room with the uh, the the floaty cubes with the the puppet ladies in it, yeah, they're walking in slow motion, but the rest of the room is not in slow motion. Yeah, like you can tell that the water's moving at normal speed and stuff, and that's I, I feel like that effect is way cooler.
4: I agree. Yeah, and yeah, like. In the dream world, all the use of the slow motion and the weird, like, jittery camera and whatever it is, in the dream world, that's all very effective. I'm not against it in there at all. I'm against it out in the real world.
2: Yeah, I can
4: see that. I understand that slow motion upsets me more than it upsets other people. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, I, I agree with you that the overuse of it is really fucking annoying.
4: But do you agree with me that pretty much the correct amount is zero, so all of it is overuse? No okay.
3: like I don't have time have problems with things like bullet time and a fight scene if it's if it's used to accentuate something
4: that they imply couldn't be seen normally oh, I rarely want to see that very few exceptions again like we travel at this speed for a reason it's the natural rate of speed for human beings to travel at. just
2: film us doing that <laughs> Uh, what about the video of the little kid like running to home base during his T-ball game? And he's purposefully running in slow-mo and the coach gets annoyed and tries to push him closer to home plate, but then he shrugs him off and continues running in slow motion. That video is pretty hilarious. Only I guess that, but it sounds pretty funny. It's it's an appropriate use of slow-mo.
3: How about the moment in this movie where Jennifer Lopez is in the, in the brain space inside that closet watching, uh, young vincent d'onofrio being uh, abused by his uh, father and how fucking terrible. long it goes on for <laughs> yeah it's like we get it we get it oh he's beating him with the belt okay that's pretty bad oh he's burning him with an iron that's pretty oh he's forcing him to look at his girlfriend's vagina weird this is all bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's very strange I mean, it's it's especially strange seeing how there's so much good shorthand for it. I mean, like, literally drunk-ass weird dad taking off his belt is shorthand. Yeah. Like, that means he beat the fuck out of him whenever he was a kid. Like, easy. Well, we, all, we all know that's what that means.
4: It, I, I agree with you, but it's also weird because they go out of their way to say that the mental health problems are a result of this virus and stuff and then they turn around and show him being abused in that and you're like well I thought his mental health problems were because of his virus thing so which is it like you know what I mean like it's for the purposes of this storytelling are are we saying that would he have been fucked up if he didn't get beaten and were all those scenes superfluous or are the scenes what caused him to be so fucked up or is it like is the killing because of the mental illness but the sexual element of it is from the beatings like it's Without explaining it more, it's very interesting that they throw I, both those out there.
3: It feels like they're really they're bending over backwards to justify Jennifer Lopez's character feeling sorry for him instead yeah. of being revolted by him. But I, I once again, I just don't get that. that is, that's like her thing from the beginning of the movie anyway. Yeah. Well, she and she's even the scene a counselor. Yeah, the scene where we see uh, – so she goes into the brain space and it's it's him kind of recounting the events of his first victim where he's talking about, you know, I fucked it up. I made such a mess. I didn't know what I was doing, all that yeah. kind of stuff. You get all that. You get that he's just – he's fucked up and he's sad and he's weird and he's doing this stuff that he doesn't quite understand why he's doing it. Yeah. That's enough. I just I I don't know. I don't get why we do. We really need all the extra stuff to justify her.
4: Yeah, no, I I, I don't think we do. I think that like what you're saying is like we've already got a character who's inherently going to be sympathetic to anyone with mental health problems because that's her chosen career path. And she works specifically with people who have these issues. And then, like you say, D'Onofrio's performance is enough. Like it's like he knows what he's doing is wrong, but he's doing it out of compulsion. I think that's the way he plays it, which is the right move, and I think that's enough to make him sympathetic to her without you don't need to make him sympathetic to the audience. Do you know what I mean like we can understand why Jennifer Lopez feels bad for him without us having to stop seeing him as a villain yeah, yeah
2: I think it's better if we just don't have any explanation. He's just evil, and his brain's all fucked up yeah
4: yeah and and like Maybe part of it is they didn't have D'Onofrio when they were writing the script and they were putting all that stuff in. Because a lesser actor, you might need to do more of that stuff in order to create the atmosphere that you want. But with him, it's just there. Because he does play it so, like, especially the way he plays it, like, so pathetic when he's out in the real world and then so... Fucking like powerful in his dream world, you really see that contrast, and you see the fact that he is obviously not in control in the real world because he he doesn't see himself that way out there. If that make am I making any sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes I, I don't know if I am or not until I go back and listen to these like a week later.
3: <laughs> I do like that's That's that we didn't talk about. So the movie ends with her reversing the feed and pulling him into her mind. Woo. Uh but. So most of that's fucking dumb and I don't (laughs) I don't particularly like her and her fucking her stupid fucking outfit.
4: It's so very much the um, crossing the streams of this movie where they're like, we can't pull him into your mind. But then what if we do? (laughs) It's like, all right. (laughs) But the one
3: the one Fantastic. Moment of that whole scene is the fact that so, you know, she flips the script and is now beating the ever living dog shit out of him because they're in her mind. So she gets to control everything and he can't win. And she's stabbing him with the sword and and it's the evil version of him and the evil version keeps saying it's not real, which is pretty great because, yeah, I think the first time I watched it, I interpreted that just as him crazy pants being crazy. But what it actually is, is it's a reference to the fact that she got trapped in his mind and locked yeah. in because she like fell for it and that he's actually smarter
4: than she is. Yeah, no, I, I, I like it, that as well. Everything you said is correct there. I don't, and I don't enjoy saying that, so he must be right.
2: <laughs> uh, all right. Well, anything else?
3: Yeah, it's all right. Go see it.
2: Check it out. This 22-year-old movie that
4: you're waiting to hear if we think you should watch it or not. I don't (laughs) know why you waited this long.
3: It's available everywhere.
2: (laughs) Weirdly, this is only like the second time I've seen it. I think I saw it when it first came out, and then I haven't seen it since. I saw it a bunch
4: when it was relatively new, because it was one of the first DVDs I bought when I had a DVD player. And I didn't have that many, so I just kept watching it over and over again.
2: Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I was definitely in the mood to rewatch it. That's why I put this combo. on uh, All right. Well, Doug, do you want to run down Jacob's ladder? And I
4: guess spoiler uh, warning. Yeah, I guess we're do, we're going full spoiler on it. So that's why we moved it to the second half of the discussion. Brian will put a timestamp in. So if you want to jump yeah. back in for the end of the show,
2: yeah, definitely um, won't forget. <laughs>
4: <laughs> no pressure um anyways <laughs> jacob's ladder opens it's it's vietnam some guys are under attack all hell's breaking loose one of them is tim robbins he gets bayoneted if that can be used as a verb i'm not sure
1: it um can,
2: that did not look good Oof. yeah it There's looks a like it sucks hurt.
4: yeah <laughs> makes my um, stomach hurt you could also so just say it as STABBED! I would prefer not to. <laughs> um, anyways, so he passes out, wakes up, he's now on a, It's uh, he's back in New York City, he's on the subway, but the world he's in is pretty fucked up. It just keeps getting more and more fucked up. He's convinced demons are after him. He's meets up with his old army buddies. They are all having similar symptoms. They come to believe that maybe it's because they were, there were drugs that were experimented on them. Everything just keeps getting more and more fucked up. You see a bunch of flashbacks. We get to watch Macaulay Culkin die in this movie, which I didn't, I'd forgotten about. Um, And yet eventually at the end, we realize that he has been dying this whole time. And this whole thing has been all in his brain processing that and dealing with the guilt and the fantasies and everything else that he was experiencing in life. And that uh, there were throughout the movie, there were several characters who told him like, take your dead man, just, just go. And they were all really just trying to help him move on. And it turns out he wouldn't listen. Um, And then we get a weird set of writing on the screen that just kind of implies that the, drug storyline that happened in his head was actually real, which is an interesting twist, but that's it. I mean, technically no plot to this movie. Technically the movie is a guy got stabbed and died. Yeah. So, (laughs) so the ending, I, I obviously, I can't
3: guarantee that my interpretation is correct, but my interpretation of this is that he's in like literal purgatory. So he is in a supernatural other state and that all of the people that he's bumping into are also in that state. So his army buddies are all other people in purgatory and the doctor who comes to tell him about the thing has died and he is now
4: in purgatory as well. OK, that's an interesting take. See, I
3: because that's the that's the only explanation I could come up with that justifies the fact that he understands what happened to him when he died. Right. Because there's he, he has to be getting
4: outside information. See, I took it as the I, and I, I, there's nothing wrong with that. Obviously, um, the implication that he's in some version of purgatory is clear. The question is, like, how do you interpret the term purgatory? I took it as this was all in his brain, and it was just him processing his death and dealing with the grief of his son's death and the fantasy of his, um, this girl that he worked with that he knew from somewhere that he, 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 you know, kind of put himself with her, um, and and all this other stuff that he was just going through and the idea that like instead of just accepting his death he was you know turning it into this conspiracy about all his army buddies were you know being sucked in on it too and george from seinfeld refused to be their lawyer because it was part of a big bigger government conspiracy and everything you know um but i mean i guess if you want to interpret that all those people were existing in a like a a dimension, a purgatory dimension. That's perfectly valid. I don't see anything wrong with that. Ryan, do you have a third version of this you'd like to throw out?
2: Nope. Yep. I just think he was, he got stabbed and he was slowly dying the whole time. Okay. This was just all just so, going on in his head. So you're, you're closer to my version of it then. Yeah. Okay. I try not to think too yeah. hard about it.
3: Yeah. The old, so the only reason I can't accept that is I can't accept the interaction with the doctor telling him about the ex- experiments him remembering that it was his friend that like stabbed him, and then the end of the movie bringing up the fact that those experiments were done.
4: <laughs> yeah, if, well, if they me, didn't
3: add, if they didn't add that text at the end, I could accept that this was all just in his head, and it was just him coming to grips with the fact that he's dying.
4: See, I'd I'd be really curious if whose decision it was to add on that text at the end, because. To me, that feels like um, someone—be it—I don't even know whether it would be a director or a studio guy—that would insist on putting that in because they wanted the film to serve as commentary on these real-life experiments that did happen. Um, but to me, it's—it's it's a flaw in the film. I think it's—it worked better without that if i watch this movie again i will turn it off before those
1: that dialogue
4: (laughs) pops up because to me whether those experiments are real or not is irrelevant to the fact that he's believing it in his brain right lots of stuff that he's seeing isn't real he's seeing these demons and like people on the subway just have tentacles sticking out of their coats and weird shit um we know all that's not real so, well, I guess – give me a sec. If it's a purgatory dimension, maybe there are tentacle monsters and shit there. I don't know. That's well, Noah's theory.
3: Well, but the whole – the chiropractor guy explains all that, that they're the same thing, that the people helping him and the people hurting him are the same things. It's just his perspective is warping what he's seeing. Right. In which, once again, and he's clearly supposed to – so – Some some of the imagery is is very metaphoric, but some of it is pretty overt, like the fact that that guy is clearly an angel of some kind speaking to him. And and the movie ends with him meeting up with his dead son and literally ascending a staircase to heaven, which is the secondary reference to Jacob's Ladder, which is both the the drug program that they were talking about, but it's also the biblical reference of. Jacob's Ladder, which is a ladder going to heaven and hell. It's
4: also the name of a plant
2: that people have in their house sometimes.
4: Correct. But that's not relevant. Turns out you the what, term Jacob's
2: Ladder is used for a lot of stuff. You know what would have been amazing? What? So Macaulay Culkin leads him up the stairs and then a fucking paint can come down and hits him in the face. <laughs> <laughs>
3: All right. What a twist. <laughs> well, it's right well, around the, the
4: right time. Yeah,
3: part of, part of the thing that makes me think that there that it's this collective purgatory situation is the fuck i forgot the actor's name
2: when does that ever stop F- fuck the
3: the the black guy that's in his platoon uh well either ving, Rhames or ving eric rames
2: or L- eric Lasalle?
3: yeah v- ving rames ving rames is the one i I was looking for because he clearly, in the beginning fight thing, he dies. You see him die, and then the fact that he's in the the New York area talking to everybody, and he seems to be the quietest one, and kind of reserved and shrinking back from everyone. And I think it's supposed to be maybe the
4: implication that he's been there the longest. Oh, I took I just took that as a, one of many hints towards the ending for the audience, more than as a. That's that like a way of letting the audience know that everything we're seeing isn't real. I mean, it isn't real or exists in this other dimension or whatever we want to call it. Um, But there's like, that's like the same thing when he sees that psychic lady and she's like, yeah, you're, you're dead. You know what I mean? Like I took that as. We're supposed to take that literally, (laughs) you know, they're dropping these hints to us throughout the movie so that when the ending happens, we can see it.
3: well, yeah, but that's kind of my point. I I am saying you're supposed to take it literally.
4: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. I I think we're like, for the most part, it's like six and one half dozen of the other how you interpret right. this, whether it's in his brain or in a purgatory dimension. It, it, the point. Well, is that's that probably the
3: point of the house. movie to make you argue about whether or not it's in his head or
4: if it's <laughs> an actual purgatory. Yeah. And I mean, like the fact that they use so many biblical references, the name Jacob's ladder, and I. I don't know. There's like several characters I can't remember off the top of my head that have biblical sounding names where you are like, okay, maybe that is, maybe this is a religious interpretation. Maybe it is a literal purgatory. I don't know. Does somebody else will have to be the religious expert and let me know whether purgatory still exists according to current modern religions? But I don't, it's, um, it, 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 there is something there to the idea that obviously the filmmakers intended it to be one way. Uh,
2: was it the Jewish religion that believes in purgatory? I don't
4: know Bumbo or whatever. Well, Catholics used not, to do what we don't no. anymore, they just stop. <sighs> it. It's funny. well, there. so
3: yes, but no. So, Jewish Jewish purgatory is literally you, you die and you're put in the ground, and your soul sits there at, at, until the end, and then all the souls are collected up. So, they're like there there is a purgatory state but not a purgatory place okay. i'm accepting if that if, if, true. if 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 i understand that correctly that's that's what i was told by a jewish friend
2: once yeah i have no clue so
3: but yeah i don't know i think it's i think the movie's interesting either way either way you come down cuz I, yeah. I think i personally find the religious stuff uh if you take it literally more interesting and maybe that's why i fall on that side <laughs>
4: Yeah. And that's probably what it is, is for me, I every time people bring up religious, I get annoyed. So I just don't want to think about <laughs> right. it anyway. Um, you know.
3: Right. Because it's interesting. I don't know. It's interesting to go back and you think of certain scenes in the movie and be like, OK, now what was being communicated here? So the scene where yeah. uh, after he jumps out of the car from the two mobsters and hurts his back and gets robbed by Santa Claus and. Yeah, (laughs) taken to a hospital
2: and or psych ward somewhere. Which leads to the greatest scene ever. He's like, I'm not crazy. Okay, what happened to you? Santa Claus, that son of a bitch stole my wallet. Yeah, Santa Claus stole my wallet. (laughs) I'm going to get that motherfucker.
3: (sighs) But when the, uh, the chiropractor slash angel comes in and liberates him, from that, that hospital. And the whole interaction he has with the staff there. So if you go under the, the, uh, the assumption that so these are entities, right? These are not just figments of his imagination. <laughs> then who the fuck are those people in the hospital, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> are they other angel demons that are kind of... Because my impression is that the, it's everyone's trying to do the same thing. Everyone's trying to convince him that he's he's dead and it's time to move on and that half yeah, of them are that. doing it brutally and cruelly and in an awful way and half of them are kind of trying to do it in a gentle nudging way i mean i even it's 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 maybe giving him overly credit but the idea of this angel being a chiropractor making small adjustments to his to his state of well-being to move him forward is just a it's kind of a fucking brilliant idea <laughs> once again borders borders on art house trash but uh, but I accept it because all the actors yeah. are so fucking good in this movie that I mean Tim Tim Robbins is fucking killing it
4: yeah, you, maybe we should move on and discuss what we actually thought of the movie because we just need Tim Robbins performance is I, I would say the easily the best of his career and that's There's nothing that's not a criticism to all his other work. He's a really good actor, but oh my god, he's so good. He plays this like tortured soul so well. And when he starts to lose it and he just starts like spinning out of control, you're just like, holy shit, you you believe it the whole time. And it, it, it you really, he's so good that he's, you sort of start to go insane with him, if that makes sense. And I think that's what makes the ending work so well is because you don't pick up on all the hints that are being dropped because you don't know who to believe because you're like him. You're as paranoid as he is as you watch the movie. And he really brings you along that ride with him in a way that it's hard to explain. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. He's fantastic in this. Like it's hard to even explain how well he puts this whole thing across, but yeah. yeah, he's, he's amazing.
3: The, after they throw him in the bathtub to uh, cool him off whenever his fever spikes or whatever, the the image of him laying in the bathtub kind of in tears, suffering alone, <laughs> yeah. is, is one of those iconic images. I think that once you see that, that kind of is in your head forever.
4: Yeah, I think so. Um, it's, yeah it's really weird because you hear the word like haunting used a lot when people like mainstream movie critics are discussing films. And I, I think it's one of those things they just throw around, but this movie is genuinely haunting. Like you're, you're watching these things happen to this guy and you just like, you can't help but feel bad for him the whole time. And there's like, cause there's times where he's like going nuts and his like, girlfriend or imaginary girlfriend or whatever because there's times where he's married in this movie and times where he's living with his girlfriend and we don't know which one's true um but she's getting sick of his shit because she just can't deal with it anymore and you're like i get where you're coming from but it just makes you feel even worse for him because like he's being told like figure your shit out and he's like i don't know how like and he's just his entire like structure is falling apart around him it's It's fascinating to watch him do it because most of the time you'd use shorthand or you would use acting tricks and storytelling tricks to make the audience believe these things. But he just they just put the camera on him and let him go. And it's so good.
3: I feel like there's only one thing in this movie that I, I feel like they fucked up. And that is his character is complaining through the whole movie about his back hurting mm-hmm. and the, the wound that killed him was stabbed in the stomach. <laughs> and it went I feel right through. It went and right I, through. Yeah, and I feel like they fucked they fucked that up. It should have been he got stabbed in the back or something. You know what I mean? Because right. that would make it would just it would recontextualize it and make it make way more sense. But just the whole thing of his back hurting, you're like, ah, I don't. is it supposed to be because he's laying in that uncomfortable cot thing in the military hospital and that's making his back hurt? I don't
4: know. Yeah. I mean, I took it as he's probably a lot of him is in pain as he's, you know, just <laughs> suffering away. Um, I didn't I guess I just didn't analyze it that much. You're probably technically correct that it should have been <laughs> the pain should have been wherever his stab was.
3: No, that's the joy. If you're going to watch one of these clusterfuck of a hallucination (laughs) movies that have multiple interpretations of everything, I feel like their only true value is in overanalyzing them over and over and over and over and over and over again until you you slowly go mad like the the main (laughs) character of the movie. (laughs)
4: I don't disagree with you, but I also was watching this at one o'clock in the morning after taking the kid to a fair yesterday. So <laughs> my level of analysis might be where it should be.
2: Um, yeah, I'm going be watching it at 2.30 in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> so,
4: you know what I'll, you know who I really liked in this movie? We're talking about acting. Danny Aiello's performance as like the chiropractor, I thought was really good. There was something about him, like, there's a lot of the shots from Tim Robbins' perspective looking up at him. And he's talking and comforting him. And I'm like, it, it feels genuinely comforting. And then when you realize it's Danny Aiello, who's usually like a mobster in most things you see, he's like, Oh, he's, he's putting in a good performance too. Like he's doing something here. He doesn't usually do. And he's doing it very well. And I, I actually do find him to be quite comforting. And and I understand why Tim Robbins keeps wanting to go back to him to deal with these issues. Makes sense. Whether he's, you know, a an angel he's invented in his head, or whether he is a real angel that's actually comforting him through his way through purgatory, that it works really well. Yeah.
2: Yeah, he's really good. You mentioned on Instagram that this movie is just like full of people that you know. Yeah. Even if they weren't famous at the time. Yeah, we mentioned Bing Rames, Eric LaSalle, Danny Aiello, um, Cully Culkin. This is one of his very first movies. Uh, The awesome Elizabeth Pena played his girlfriend. I don't know who she is. She's been in all kinds of stuff from the 80s. She was in uh, Batteries Not Included. She's in La Bamba. Uh, Okay. I've seen both of those. She does the voice of the white-haired lady in The Incredibles. I've never seen that, so... Ever Which, seen The Incredibles?
3: You guys need to quit talking. You already fucked up my whole week. So now I got to watch Batteries Not Included again. <laughs> <laughs>
2: the Incredibles is great. You should watch The Incredibles. I know. I agree. Sit I Lando down. With down you. A, sit Lando down and be like, we're watching The Incredibles. So, should be available okay. on, the, on the show YouTube, actually. Oh, well, I'll do my best. Probably end up watching Mickey Mouse. Fire.
4: Um, did you guys notice Kyle Glass was in this from uh, Tenacious D? was he apparently <laughs> i just i'm looking at the list of cameos that i made note of when i went was going through the MDV page
2: who did like, kyle gas play i don't know some small part
4: for those for
3: those of you listening i know we don't usually get an avalanche of uh, feedback but you know if you guys wanted to hit us up on the facebook page and or send an email arguing whether or not you think it is <laughs> hallucination fuckery or a literal state of purgatory yeah. let us know i'd I'd really like to hear other people's
4: opinions well yeah i would like you to send them to me through instagram that way i can just filter through the ones where i win to noah and make him think that the whole audience agrees with me
3: <laughs> now now i may be in a weird purgatory <laughs>
2: I'm not uh, sure.
3: I'm not sure who that angel is because Brian trained fucking yeah, crack oh. my back for him. He's just gonna kick me in the balls. Oh,
2: yep. <laughs> Can yes. you crack my back? I'm like, I'll crack you right in the nuts. Boom. <laughs> Done.
4: You oh, could do it with a terrible pun like that too. Oh, yep. Just to make right. it worse. All right. Uh and
2: then one <laughs> of his uh one of his army buddies is uh Taylor Vance who uh completes yeah. the secondary theme for the week. <laughs>
4: We should have really made that the theme for the week and not mentioned that both movies are trippy mindfucks that take place in people's <laughs> brains. Um,
2: well, I didn't even realize he was in both of them when I put them no, on neither. the list. So. He's a little bit bigger of a role. He gets he gets to get exploded in a car. It's pretty great. Yeah, The exploded
4: in a car scene is fun because it's like all of a sudden in the middle of this weird trippy horror thriller movie, they're just like, yeah, but what about like an action drama thriller? We'll just do one <laughs> of those for a few minutes.
2: What if the demons put in a car, bomb? And
4: then you get to... You George Costanza yelling at him about how he went and checked the uh, checked the military records and you never even went to Nam. You went on a training exercise in Thailand and got sent home for mental issues. <laughs> and it's like, what? What is going on now? That part felt very conspiracy theory to me and I liked it. Back when conspiracy theories were fun.
2: Um, yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else we need to talk about?
4: No, I, think, I think we kind of nailed it. I think hopefully we're g- explaining to people that like Because I think for me, I was hesitant to rewatch this because, you know, I I knew the ending now, right? Mm -hmm. So as much as like, yeah, like there's fun to still argue about it. I could have had a lot of that discussion without necessarily rewatching the film. Um, I would say that if you haven't seen it in a while, rewatch it. It's well worth it, even without the twist. Um, You know, it is fun to watch it and pick up on all the hints and the cues. But it's also just fun to watch that performance and all the weird shit that goes on and watch this guy go gradually more and more insane until he accepts his own death uh is yes yes
3: oh, uh, oh fuck we already cut off i was gonna yeah. say you guys remember that scene where that demon's fucking that chick at the party that's real weird <laughs> <laughs> it's real fucking weird and then like a horn comes through her face at the end it's, it's, that's some next level shit <laughs> most of the movie is not like that and it's weird that is a weird outlier in the movie
2: i remember seeing a trailer for this when i was younger and they do show part of that scene in the trailer obviously not the more graphic aspects of it but i was just like what the fuck is this movie i didn't watch it until i was like in my 20s I was so like, oh shit this is an amazing no, movie
3: no double hand uh, phallic tail stroking
2: <laughs> yeah. I just wonder what it's like on set just like okay make sure you rub that tail real good yeah. it's
4: super weird nowadays because they'd have one of those like consent officers or whatever they're calling them on set for oh, the yeah. tail don't rub the tail unless the tail says it's okay <laughs>
2: uh all right what did everybody watch uh
0: everybody all at
2: once uh i don't i don't think i fucking watched
3: anything i watched the rest of kenobi Mm -hmm. i watched all the episodes of miss marvel and i watched a shit ton of star trek deep space
4: nine (laughs) all right (laughs) i didn't see that last one coming
3: and that's that's pretty much it. I mean, I'm a little upset that I forgot that uh, Beavis and Butthead Do the Universe came out fucking this weekend, and I should have watched that shit, and I didn't. That came out? Yeah. It's, 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 it's streaming. It's streaming only. What in the fuck? I, I get it. I, I'll accept movie theater and streaming same-day releases, but fucking straight to streaming's
2: got to fucking stop. <laughs> <laughs> man i was getting mad well it's
4: been, i wanted, you, i want to see that shit in theaters i don't want to watch it on my fucking tv but did you guys say it's on peacock
2: too yeah
4: so you're telling me that they put it straight to streaming and they put it to like a service that
2: there's a paramount plus i'm sorry i think it's paramount plus
4: that's even worse
2: <laughs> yeah it's not like netflix or anything it's it's one of the, yeah. the more uh, niche tiers
3: yeah it's horse it's horse shit or shittery, I say. But anyways, back to Star Trek Deep Space Nine. I know it's divisive. I fucking love Quark. I fucking love
2: Quark. Never watched it.
3: He's a great, he's a great fucking character because he's basically just a surrogate for capitalism. And it's and it's it's just fucking genius, the fact that this is this is the capitalism taken to absurdity where if your family member dies the first thing you do is slice them up into little bits put them in containers and then sell them to people who collect chunks of famous dead people
4: <laughs> that i'm sorry why is that ridiculous in today's world
3: it's it's not which is why what was it when it that is.
4: show came out yeah
3: yeah, yeah, that's the whole thing. It was ridiculous then, and now we're entering that stage of capitalism. So, yeah, I fucking, man, I fucking love Star Trek, guys.
4: It's pretty great. Right. Oh, do you? Yeah, you hadn't mentioned it before, so I wasn't sure. that's still, del- it's delightful.
3: I like I, it, uh, except for Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Scott Bakula.
2: Oh, come on. Oh, Scott no, it's not, it's not his fault. That show sucks. Love Scott Bakula. Anyway, why not uh, you
4: watch Doug? <laughs> <laughs> you, um, I I have nothing
1: Jesus Christ
4: I, Honestly I, I watched like the Disney shows I'm not even caught up on the boys yet Watched a lot of hockey I did there was I had one fun moment I was at like
3: uh, This Wayne Gretzky
4: also <laughs> Represent
3: late stage Capitalism
4: uh, He is doing ads for the new online sports Betting thing and it's pretty upsetting to many Canadians <laughs> Actually, as we're recording this, hockey just officially ended for the season. I've been watching the game in the background this whole time, and uh, it's over right now. So. <laughs> so, if anyone's wondering, Colorado won the cup tonight. Um, but Spoilers. no, my my one fun moment was I did go to like a uh, music festival, and in between bands, I pulled out my phone and checked my messages, and you guys were discussing which movies I've watched or not watched in the past. And I was like, I'm glad to see everybody's enjoying their Saturday night. These guys are at home arguing about me. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> so that was pretty fun. That was about the closest thing to watching a movie I did though.
2: You're arguing about
4: I don't know you guys talking about like whether or not I'd seen Sky High or something and you were going on and on about it. And I'm like Oh yeah yeah. I almost Cause... interjected and let you guys know what the answer was but then I'm like nah <laughs>
2: well have you seen it before no yeah see I knew it
4: yeah I I thought you had specifically said you hadn't seen it yeah Yeah. I tried to put it on the list once but I tried to team it up with some other movie and you guys got mad about the other movie so I just didn't yeah did you really what was was the other
3: movie the the other movie must have been really bad
4: some other movie about like superheroes in high school or something so Tim Allen one or something I don't know what it's called I haven't seen it Zoom. I don't know. I haven't seen either one of these movies. I think that's what it is.
2: Except I could be wrong. I don't really care. You can throw both of them on the list. Well, I don't know. know. I have no what's
3: idea. It, what's that? What's that weird '80s movie where the uh, high school slash college student develops electric powers and basically just uses them to lift girls? Skirts? Oh,
2: zapped with yeah. with uh, Donald Trump's uh, bestie, Scott Baio. Yeah,
3: yeah. That's that's right up our alley of trash.
1: So
3: that on there with sky. <laughs> we can watch some wholesome fun and some just cringy bad eighties crap.
2: You know, they did a sequel to Zapped. There's also been also been a, a direct to Disney Channel remake, too.
3: That is that is a strange decision.
2: <laughs> well, it's because they took out all the lifting up the girls' skirts and so then it becomes just a wholesome uh hey, I got electrical powers. So, I've I've no idea what you guys are talking about right now. Zap? You've never seen Zap before? No. What's going on the list? I like this idea of girls' skirts getting lifted up, though. That sounds interesting. Yeah. I mean, is that weird science esque sort of movie where? Yeah. Hey, look, her clothes oh. came off. She's wearing her underwear. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, it's probably really problematic by today's standards. Yeah. Totally. Which means we should definitely watch it. So I'm putting it on the list right now. I saw this was edited by Noah today. Uh oh. What does that mean? Oh, God. The list was edited by Noah? Oh, he put the Salton Sea and spun on here. Okay. Oh. He did that while we were recording? (laughs) Uh, Don't feel so
4: bad about watching the hockey game now. I haven't named it.
2: Yeah. 2002 A Meth Odyssey. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um all right well I guess it's up to me. Uh I guess we could talk about how uh right wingers are freaking out because they just realized Homelanders the bad guy on, on the boys. Is that oh, they geez. they didn't know.
4: What a fucking no. world we fucking live in. It's this is what I was saying before about how you can't you can't have satire anymore. <laughs> like it it doesn't work anymore because you can't fucking how do you Like they're trying to make him into the bad guy and then half the world sees him
2: as a hero. How does that even happen? I have no idea. But I mean, they're putting uh, obvious overtones of Trump in this season. Yeah. And people are just like, wait, he's supposed to be a bad guy. Are you kidding me? Homelander's awesome. Yeah. They are losing their minds. I do not understand how this happens. I'm glad I
4: have been not paying attention to that. I will say, like, this is the problem with our world, though, is that people see someone acting like Homelander and think he's a good guy. That's the whole issue with what's yeah. wrong with the world. For well, sure. they don't understand.
3: What's just tragedy, us in general? That the, like, the whole point of the boys is that there are no good guys. There are none. Yeah. Like, they do not. That That is a weird thing that does not exist <laughs> There are people who try to do good things and end up doing fucking terrible things.
4: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then most of the people aren't even trying to do good things. So the people who at least have good intentions end up being the heroes.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I feel like... Maybe I'm misinterpreting the comic book, but the, what I always got from it is that the only good people are the innocent bystanders getting killed while everyone else fucking fights. Well,
4: I yeah. I, I see it that way, and I also kind of have always assumed that if we had, like, a little side comic where we got to know those innocent bystanders, they actually would be terrible if, as well. Yeah, yeah, I, just, <laughs> I just assumed. Like, I don't, I don't think there's anything. I haven't read the comics, and there's nothing in the show that says that. It's just you know, just how it feels.
3: Well, in general, in that comic, if you meet a character that seems like a genuinely good person, they are about to get fucking broken in half. <laughs> it's usually the way it
2: works. Uh, yeah. So I just find that hilariously weird. Um, Strange. This episode of the boys, they did do the hero gasm uh, storyline now, which was kind of fun. All right, well, I'll take your word for that. Yeah. Uh see so yeah, I watched a couple things uh earlier in the year. Me and Amanda were watching Righteous Gemstones, the new season. And there's a point where uh Danny McBride's character is watching Young Guns, and then in the middle of that, his house gets besieged by motorcycle ninjas, which makes sense if you <laughs> watch the series. And he decides he has a great idea and throws himself out of the top window in a trunk, just like Emilio Estevez, but obviously sure, it, it doesn't work nearly as well. <laughs> and he hurts the living shit out of himself. And I was fucking dying laughing and Amanda thought it was kind of funny, but she didn't understand the reference. And then said, I've never seen young guns before. And I said, well, we're fixing that at some point. And that point was last mm-hmm. week. Uh, so I put on Young Guns. We watched it. She said, "I don't know what I expected, but I thought this was really good." And I'm like, "Yeah, it is. It's fucking Young Guns." Uh, so we're moving on to Young Guns too soon. That's fun. I just like that I had an excuse to rewatch them.
4: I am um, I I. I'm... Interested to hear if you really like Young Guns, turning around and immediately watching Young Guns too, because there's some
2: tonal differences between
4: those oh, two films yeah, that is. are.
2: Yeah, there is. <laughs> and I got to explain to her that, like, oh yeah, there's a bunch of stuff in this movie that actually happened, but uh, then all this other bullshit was made up for. Oh yeah, it's purposes. like. Yeah. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. That was good. Uh, then. After the whole hubbub about uh, the thing in theaters and how Fathom events fucked it all up. And they said, oh, we're definitely, we're showing it again on Wednesday. We're definitely going to do it properly this time. So I'm like, well, this is probably the best time to go see it in the theater because of their PR nightmare. They're definitely going to screen the best version they can. So me and a friend of mine went and saw the thing And uh, Fathom did a great job. Theater, on the other hand. Oh, no. (laughs) They did not turn their lights down. So it was a little too bright in the theater. Uh, How did they fuck that up? I have no idea. But I'm like, why is it so bright in here? Is it a new theater? Was this their first day of being a theater? No. And then the biggest sin (laughs) was they did not move the curtains that extends the screen. Since they were, you know, showing this in, like, super scope, yeah, like it was shot. It, yeah, because it's a John Carpenter movie, so. Yeah. And that was the whole hubbub, is they didn't show it in the right aspect ratio. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't move those. So, like, half the movie was, like, screened on the curtains. And, I mean, I've yeah. seen this movie enough that I didn't care enough to get up and go complain because the high school person behind the counter would just be like, I don't fucking know.
4: So but yeah, no, uh, right. but that's on, that's an unacceptable mistake. Yeah, it's not good. That's not like, uh, like you're right. It's not the high school kid behind the counter. It's whoever is in charge of the place that is the problem. But,
2: and I know somebody came into the uh, projection booth at least three times during the movie. Cause they made sure to turn the light on, which then shone down into, uh, into the crowd on the theater. So they definitely looked and was like, Oh shit, it's projecting on the on the side curtains. And then they didn't do anything and they just left. Uh, I, so I went and saw a good fathom event and picked the shittiest theater to go to, apparently, to watch it. So I went looking to see if that was playing around here and it wasn't.
4: And I'm suddenly relieved because if that <laughs> if that had happened to me, I would not be reacting as calmly as you are.
2: <laughs> yeah, I just was like I I don't care enough to get up and complain. Just like whatever. It's a fucking AMC theater. Nobody gives a shit in a place like that.
1: So. Yeah. Well,
4: it's, and it's hard to complain in those moments too, because you're like the people you have to complain to don't have the power to fix your problem.
2: No, well, it's kind of a pointless night, but you can do, there are worse things than going to see a, uh, a, a uh, poorly projected version of the thing, I guess that could have been better. Uh, and then, I don't know, I was in the mood to watch movie, didn't know what I wanted to watch, and then I remembered that, uh, Joe Bob Briggs did, uh, The Stepfather on one of his recent, uh, episodes. Nice. I haven't watched that movie in a while, so and I'm like, oh yeah, I'd watch that, listen to, listen to Joe Bob break in every once in a while and talk about the movie some, so rewatched the stepfather and it's still fantastic. Um, Terry O'Quinn is just magic in that movie. Everybody else is kind of in a generic slasher movie, but his, his acting just takes that character like straight to the moon. It's great. Uh, I also learned that the guy that directed it also directed, uh, sleeping with the enemy. Okay. Apparently, apparently he got pigeonholed into uh, quote unquote family horror so he, he did Sleeping with the Enemy and then did The Good Son with Macaulay Culkin afterwards. Right. It's just such a I'm weird actually, niche to I'm, get it to do. I'm kind of a big fan of The Good Son. Yeah, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just... Yeah. <laughs> it's just a weird sub, sub-genre sub to get like pigeonholed it's, into. It's It's such a weird thing because we
4: I'm sure all these people want to be artists that make whatever they want, but at the end of the day it is their job. And so sometimes you're like, well, is the does the job I can get? Like it's you know what I mean? (laughs) Just like I guess that's what I'm doing over and over and over again.
2: Uh and then besides the Marvel stuff, which are we gonna talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi at the end, or what do you want to do? Sure. All right. (laughs) <laughs> wow someone <laughs> seems really upset about he's he's mad because i was right about the show
4: no <laughs> well, that's not what's gonna happen we're just gonna not like each other by the end of the conversation all
1: right here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future
2: next week noah starts your kai july that you've been wanting to do for like the past two years fuck yeah so which one are we starting off
3: with uh, gojira uh obviously the original 1954 and then we're going to do uh gamma guardian of the universe from 1995 which is one of the the gamma remakes that's pretty lauded i figured one's one's a very uh traditional slash not traditional horror movie and one is a ridiculous fucking japanese movie so <laughs>
2: <laughs> a little bit for everybody.
3: We, we, we win. We all, we all win across the board.
2: All right. Well, looking forward to that. I always uh, need a good excuse to rewatch the original Godzilla. Yeah. Or Gojira or whatever. I have to start tracking down these weird uh, kaiju movies. I know. Do we know where Gamera Guardian of the Universe is at now?
3: Uh,
2: I did have a copy of it.
3: I'll, I'll double check and I'll link it in the discord
2: All right. uh well let's talk about obi-wan kenobi so spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't watched it and doesn't want to know series is finally over uh gamma is available on tubi so <laughs> should be good uh uh so, so Noah, i know you hated the first couple episodes how did you feel by the end of the show
3: uh, two really good lightsaber fights. Uh, good cameo at the end. That's, that's it. Fuck, <laughs> kind of fuck the rest of it. It's kind of sad. All right.
2: What did you think though? Uh, I think that
4: when I was a little kid, I would like, you would always have like your action figures from star Wars and you'd be like, yeah, but what if these other two just went on an adventure that they didn't show us in the movies because they just didn't have time. And then now they're showing us those little side adventures and it's fucking awesome. And yeah, I mean, it, it's not perfect. We can get into the very specifics of it, but we got to watch Obi-Wan and Darth Vader throw giant rocks at each other. We got to see how Obi-Wan went from the character in episode three to the character in episode four, kind of. We got to see Qui Gon Jin in ghost format, even making like dad jokes. Um, <laughs> you know, like yeah. I there are um, what's her name, like third sister, whatever that. I know mm. that that Reva. Sure, I know that there's been a lot of controversy around her. I don't want to get into all that because it's not a good use of our energy. But um, I thought her storyline was dragged out and it felt like the studios really really wanted something to happen to luke at the end and so they bragged dragged him in when i don't think it was necessary um that would be one of my
3: eager complaints you, you guys remember whenever i was complaining about how leia should absolutely know who the fuck uh, obi-wan was mm-hmm. and then and then at the end you guys remember how Luke didn't know anything about the Jedi and conveniently forgot about that time that he was chased into the desert by a red lightsaber-wielding
2: psycho woman? Uh, she he, never had her lightsaber out when she and, was chasing him. So and they told, they told him it was something else. So he, Still, doesn't,
4: he doesn't know anything. I mean, it's not like, no, you're, you're going out of your way to be negative about it because you want to be, cause you think it makes you cool or something, but no, like, <laughs> nothing,
3: nothing in this world makes me cool. You're,
4: how you're 10, dare, you're ten how years dare old. You? Your aunt, your aunt and uncle or like, someone's <laughs> trying to catch you, go run into the woods and you do that. And then you get home and you're like, shit, that was scary. And you think that that gives you insight into an ancient religion. That doesn't
2: make any sense. To be fair, he only saw a cloaked person chasing him through the yeah. canyon or whatever. He doesn't know what and happened. He fell and knocked himself out. No, was upset because he doesn't have post-concussion syndrome in A New Hope. So, <laughs> <laughs> I will concede the uh, Leia knowing who Obi-Wan was. Because at first I was like, yeah, but he calls himself Ben. So she doesn't know. She just thinks there's this dude named Ben running around. But is it? But then Reva calls him Obi-Wan Kenobi multiple times. And I'm like, well, that fucks that all up. So Noah's right on that <laughs> one. I don't know if I agree.
4: I don't understand. I don't know. Like, I, I happen to have rewatched A New Hope today. That's not for this discussion. It's just a coincidence. Um, but I, don't,
2: I don't think they say in that movie that she doesn't really know who he is. Well, it's her video saying, "General Kenobi, you worked for my father." Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, she could just be like, "Hey, Ben, what's up?" Remember that time we... Right, so we, now we're, in it,
4: now, we now, we're in it picking, now we're nitpicking. Now we're the way she chose. Like everything she said <laughs> in A New Hope is
2: still true. He did still work for her father. She made it sound like that he would have no clue who she was. Well, and it's it's impersonal.
3: You remember that time that they went on an adventure together?
2: (laughs) and became
3: very close.
2: Yeah.
4: Look at how many adventures happened in this universe, in this fantasy universe. Look at how many adventures happen. You think you're still thinking about adventures from nine years ago in this?
2: I don't think so. (laughs) Nine years ago. I do like that he turns from Ewan McGregor to... Old man Alec Guinness. There is <laughs> in nine years. One of the one of the nitpicky things
4: <laughs> I was going to bring up is that they keep uh, calling him like old in this, uh, and this and it's even like that. I think I think it's a hilarious line when Obi Wan looks at Leia and he's like, "Just tell everyone I'm your father." And she goes, "Grandfather, maybe." I thought that was like a really <laughs> funny line, but it is like he doesn't look that old. It's yeah. and part of that is just because people look younger now than they used to. If you look at like the age of like people like if you take almost any actor and you look up their age and then Google somebody who was famous in the 70s and look up what they look like <laughs> at the same age it's fucking weird it but is weird. Um, yeah I don't know it's look you
2: that it is what it is right they have but, to. but that's the only like big thing that disappointed me <laughs> other than that I loved everything else I, I thought uh, yeah I, I would
4: say I thought um, so at the end like I say there was a couple of little things where it's like, I know you have to set it up this way to make it work. But I thought, um, they could have had a couple of lines of dialogue or something to help explain why Obi-Wan walks away from Darth Vader after that fight.
2: Yeah. That's a big one too. Like,
4: like why not could have, kill him? Could have saved the universe by billions just of people striking him down. But
3: I and mean, I mean it... can you, can we all admit that the line was fucking stupid? Which line? you didn't kill anakin
4: skywalker i did oh i liked it (laughs) dumb i fucking loved the line i love the performance i love the way they had his voice (laughs) modulating between the two voices well see
3: no that i'm okay with that but i don't know the line of him saying something like you know i'm not your friend your friend is dead better line the you didn't kill him, I did, is fucking stupid. It's fucking stupid, and it's designed only to fill a plot hole.
4: No, it's not designed to fill a plot hole. It's fucking awesome. And Star Wars fans love it. The problem is you're not a Star Wars fan, and I told you at the fucking beginning, you're not a Star Wars fan anymore. You haven't liked anything they've put out since 1984. Stop fucking watching it and Road trying to on. ruin it for the rest of it. Stop trying to take our joy away. Let us have our thing. Love Let us bat? enjoy our lives.
1: <laughs> all, I mean, I have those those all you did was I literally have liked all you did, bitch of about Star those Wars, shows.
4: Thanks. <laughs> just stop just leave it alone let us let us enjoy it you don't want it you were complaining on social media when this fucking started because obi-wan was sad at the beginning literally the last time we saw the character he chopped his best friend into pieces lit him on fire and then went into hiding because the society he'd been fighting to protect his entire life had crumbled and you're like i can't believe he's sad in this that's stupid like, you obviously didn't want to, want to enjoy this show from the beginning. You had no interest in it. I don't know why you watched it. I don't know why you want to talk to us about it. I mean, you guys insist that I watch the whole thing instead
3: well, of I bitching oh, I, about the first episode.
4: I very specifically told you to not watch it, not talk about it. Bailed and blame Brian.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I guess that was me then. I told him he was dumb for not wanting to watch
4: it. Well, that is a flaw in your character, Brian, and you should work with next time.
3: And like I said, there was two really dope lightsaber fights. I wish I would have just watched the last episode.
2: But you didn't like the line in the episode. It would have ruined it for you. Yeah.
3: Well, no, I here's the thing. I can suffer through an occasional dumb thing. I'm just saying my problem was the majority of the things were dumb.
4: No, you're just wrong to say that. It's fucking... Look, if you take six-year-old I can't, I can't Star be Wars, wrong opinion,
3: about my own opinion of a fucking show.
4: Oh, well, I wouldn't have thought so either. But here we are. <laughs> um, <laughs> but if you take if you take uh, the, little Lord, kid, little stupid. kid, you and you be like, look, Obi Wan was real sad because he had to kill his friend there, and then so he's living in this cave, and, but then he gets to go on an adventure and save young Princess Leia, and that's what helps. Yeah, reinvigorate him, and now he wants to go and train and become the Jedi that he was when we first met him in A New Hope. That'd be fuck, That sounds amazing, but you're making it sound like it's a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. It's a great idea because it's what every little kid who's watched Star Wars wants to see.
3: Not not every little kid. <sighs> once once again, I can't be wrong about my own opinion <laughs> about a movie. It's fine that you like it. I'm glad that you like it, Doug.
4: But I can also not like it is a normal thing. There's a normal thing that happens. But but you determined in advance that you weren't going to like it. Again, you No, I
3: determined were, at the time that I disliked the first episode
4: for the reasons I disliked it. Yeah, but the reasons are inherent in what the show is. That's like saying you didn't like it cuz there was lightsabers. Like <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you.
3: I mean, I also I, I wept for wade you guys remember when wade died right the all-important wade character
4: <laughs> which one was wade
3: wade was the guy that died that they made a big deal out of him dying after they introduced that character on screen for three fucking seconds and no one gave a fuck that he died
2: the jedi you, in the first episode
3: yeah you gave so oh. little fuck that that character died that you
4: forgot who he was <laughs> Well, you, no I didn't, I didn't forget that. I just forgot the name, but I agree. I, he, I didn't care. And also does.
3: no, Wade, Wade was the pilot from the, uh, the third episode or
2: whatever see we didn't even know we were talking about the wrong yeah (laughs) that the
3: entire the entire end of the episode is everyone fucking mourning the death of this character who was on screen for three fucking seconds that no one gives a fuck about you can't you can't do that that's bad writing
4: Uh, i'm watching i'm looking at a meme right now of like darth vader saying you didn't kill anakin skywalker i did and i'm really enjoying this meme they got the, the, way the, the way the different colored light is shining on both of them from their lightsabers and shit. Fucking badass. I like
3: those memes.
4: Meme it up. Meme you should, exist you should get
2: online right now and you should post that meme.
4: No, I don't want to. People like you will comment
2: on it and say negative things. <laughs> That's not true. Uh, is there anything else we liked about this series? got Jen showing up at the end was pretty cool. Yeah,
3: I, yeah. I mean, it was expected, but...
2: Uh, if he didn't show up, people would have been like, this is stupid. Yeah,
4: yeah it would have been th- real weird. I thought they nailed the relationship between those two. When he rides up and he's like, "It's about time!" Like I, thought, I was just like, "Yeah, that's how they spoke to each other." I like that. Um, I would have wanted him to say something more substantive, though. Does that make sense? Like, I guess if they like if we knew season two was coming before, when they were writing it, they could have had him hint at what's going to happen or whatever. Um, but I kind of like the idea of like buddy cop show of like Ben Kenobi and. Um, his like ghost partner running around saving people.
2: Like, ghost partner, yeah. Uh,
3: no. Well, and that was that was a good line. I I liked the line of "I was here the entire time."
4: I when he said "I was here the entire time," but you just couldn't see me yet. I really liked the the way that that helped explain Obi Wan's progression over the course of this, from like beaten and given up to now he's going to go back into his training and become the jedi he's meant to be it's good. and they you know they did everything they needed to to justify that he can now go on another adventure later and still just come back and wait for luke to be ready to be trained and all that kind of stuff i loved when he said hello there to luke too i got all excited cuz I'm, <laughs> I'm a geek it's like it's so dumb <laughs> it's so dumb that it's just it's just fan service but i I'm the fan they're servicing so it's fine I did like that they didn't let Luke do much like speaking because we don't need that
2: um, what about Reva do you think she's gonna pop up in something else
4: yeah I think they set her is. up
2: for that I don't really uh, want her to that's my opinion but I
3: really I kind of thought for a second that it was gonna end with maybe Ben training her and sending her out
4: giving her like her own show that's what you were thinking
3: well, I don't know. I, my, my guess is the next time you see that character is going to be in the sequel to Fallen Order that's coming out. Because it makes sense for her to end up with Cal Kestis.
2: Yeah, I can sure. see that. How did we feel about the reveal that the only reason she even joined up was to find her way to Anakin to try to kill him?
1: It
4: was
3: 90% of people's
2: predictions, so...
4: Yeah, I mean, it was... Yeah, I wasn't surprised by it. I didn't think it was a great reveal, but I thought it was. It made sense storyline-wise. I was okay with it. I Plus, it's kinda, it kind of brings in this weird thing, because it is like she wants to strike him down, but she's basing her life on this revenge mission, which is a very dark side way to approach things. Mm-hmm. And yet, she's the one trying to kill the head of the dark side kind of thing. Or second-in-command, I suppose, technically, of the <laughs> Sith. So... It's an well, interesting idea.
3: Well, and I know, obviously, you know, the writers are horny for that character and they want her to continue on another other stuff. But man, it would have been so much of a better end for her character if she fucking died when Vader stabbed
4: her. I agree. I think she should have died there.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's weird well, to allow that to continue on because that was such a good moment of yeah. him being like, yeah, I knew you were fucking <laughs> I've known the entire time. Fuck you. Yeah. You did what I wanted you to do. And now you're dead. You dumb bitch. And then walks off. You know? yeah.
4: I fucking great. that whole sequence where Vader comes in. And he stops that ship from taking off using the Force and crashes that's it back good. down. And that's then good. when she when she comes in and she goes to attack him with her lightsaber and he doesn't even draw his because he just doesn't need to. Yeah, oh, I thought that was so fucking badass when you just see him like when he she swings the saber at him and he just uses the, his hand like with that, no effort just blocks it. I'm like that's so fucking cool.
3: That lightsaber fight's one of the lightsaber fights I was talking about. Yeah. It's <laughs> fucking phenomenal. I I Although,
4: loved watching it. Yeah.
3: Obviously, it isn't the the Vader doing the whole grabbing a ship out of midair with the Force thing has happened before. They've done it in some of the video games, so it's not a new thing. Yeah, my only my only problem with it, well, and they keep they keep juicing up those Force power levels, but then it makes shit not make sense. If he has the power to just snatch a spaceship out of fucking midair with the power of Force, he could have solved a whole lot of fucking problems. <laughs> In the later movies, just uh, by, you know, doing that fucking thing that he clearly can do and do without any effort.
4: Well, I don't think we're (laughs) meant to believe he did it without effort. He was at a very high emotional state and all that kind of stuff going into it. And he, he did like by pulling that ship down, he had to concentrate so hard on it that he missed the fact that he was grabbing the wrong ship. Right. And that was sort of the whole plan.
3: I suppose. I don't know. Like I said, sometimes it's just weird. The same thing with the whole the barrage of rocks things that Ben does. It's cool. Don't get me wrong. It's a fucking it's a cool Jedi moment. But at the same time, you're like, "Ah, you guys need to chill out with the fucking force powers. (laughs) You guys are amping these guys up into fucking Goku from goddamn Dragon Ball Z. And it's not quite flippy ninja bullshit, but but you're bordering on it. You're doing anime character bullshit.
4: Yeah, I don't know. It, it was awesome. I don't know how I, I, they threw giant rocks at each other. He threw him down that hole and put the rocks on top of him. But then he could get out of there because he had the force too. It was awesome. I right. don't have any complaints.
3: Well, once again, I'm not disagreeing with you that it's awesome. But it causes a problem. When the well, next I, time you have see, two force wielders who are that powerful fighting and they don't just, I don't know. Throw a billion boulders at each
4: other.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. This is not a billion boulders on the uh, Death Star. Yeah, there you go.
4: Plus, I have a fan theory that explains why the action is so much better now than it was in like the original trilogy. And my fan theory is that those trilogy was made in the late seventies and early eighties, and there have been significant advances in filmmaking techniques since then. So,
3: <laughs> right, that's how that's how George Lucas re-edited them to make them worse.
4: <laughs> yeah when I was watching A New Hope today there's the moment where um, Han goes running down after the stormtroopers and in the original cut he just see him come running back but it, then in 97 Lucas added in the scene where he gets around the corner and the door opens and there's like a whole bunch of stormtroopers and that joke is so much better in the original cut than it is in the modern versions and I felt bad for my kid because I don't think he's ever seen the original cut he's only ever seen that joke in its lesser form
3: yeah yeah, George George Lucas should really fucking be ashamed of himself. Not not for doing the special editions because I don't necessarily have a problem with that existing but the fact that he did it in a way such to deny the world the originals forever well, he can go fuck himself to death.
4: Yeah, he, The originals should be available um, and also I, a lot of what he did I think was a mistake. I think improving the special effects for a re-release and stuff like that Makes sense, but I think he stripped Star Wars a little bit of its innocence by adding in some of the things that he did, and it's problematic. Like I say, that joke is less funny when Han Solo runs around and sees a million fucking stormtroopers, because now it's like, oh, he's running for his life. Before it was just this, he's a maniac chasing a bunch of guys, and now they're all chasing him right back, you know?
3: (laughs) And fucking do-backs. So many dubacks.
4: <laughs> you and your do backs.
3: George Lucas horny for some do back.
2: Uh I do like the they have made Darth Vader scary again. Yep. Um I always thought he was cool, like in the original ones. And then but I don't know if we ever saw why like the entire galaxy was like terrified of him. And then unfortunately we got the prequels, and all people did was complain about how whiny and emo he was in all three movies. So that kind of lost some of the the mystique of Vader. Yeah. I, now, I, like with like Rogue One and like this stuff, they're making him kick I ass. I think ahead.
4: they did a really good job of with this too. Of he's not the all powerful guy from Episode Four yet. He's still learning to become that guy. And they, you know you had that scene at the end of the Emperor telling him like, "Stop worrying about Kenobi." you need to be concentrating on running the galaxy with me. Like that stuff is on your past is irrelevant. Move on from it. I thought that was important. I thought like even just the way he talked, like, like I say, having the voice go back and forth between the two and just having him still be that angry kid. Who's still mad at Kenobi for what happened on Mustafar. And it's like, okay, use that anger, but don't concentrate on it. And he's going to move into that. And it, it explains why he was that just steadfast badass that we got to meet in episode four. Um, oh think. Yeah.
3: I was, I was a little, just, dis- I really thought one of the reveals was going to be that, uh, what the fuck is it? Kamel Nanjiani. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. I get it right? I, I thought one of the reveals was going to be that his character is force sensitive. Not, not that he's a Jedi, but maybe that he was one of the kids that was going to be a Jedi. And that when order 66 happened, he never went. And just ended up being some kind of street
4: hustler douchebag. I did like him as a street hustler douchebag. I thought that was pretty funny.
3: Yeah, the char- the character's all right. I dig it. It's kind of, I mean, he, it has like some moments that border on a, maybe a little too silly, but that's not a, yeah, that's not a real big complaint.
2: Uh, so uh, do we feel good about them doing stories like this with established characters or do we want uh, non-established characters moving forward? I uh, let's have both. Uh, yeah. Like I say, sure.
4: th- this, this to me, this show felt like there's that meme that goes around and it's like two kids playing with star Wars toys. And it says like backstage footage of, uh, Filoni and, uh, them playing with their toy with writing the scripts or whatever it says. I can't remember. What, now I'm forgetting yeah. the words, so I'm screwing it up, but <laughs> it, that's what this felt like, like to me. It felt like, you know, this is when, when you would pick up like those one off like Star Wars comics or like short novels that you'd find at like the grocery store when you were out with your mom when you were a kid, that's what this was. It's like, did you know that these two went on an adventure together before that movie? And it's like I had so much fun with it. And I just, yeah. I don't know that you need to keep revisiting the same things. I think you can do more Obi-Wan stuff without I don't think you want to have them interact with Vader too much more. I don't think you want to necessarily bring back Leia or Luke, but you could have Obi-Wan
2: do something else and I'd be fine with it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping whatever he does next, if they do a season two, which it sounds like it sounds like you, everybody's you on and, board. Yeah. Ewan yeah. McGregor and Hayden Christensen really want to do another one. So it, see,
3: in my opinion, it feels, it feels to me whenever they step outside the confines of those main line characters, they make better stuff. Yeah, I agree. Like if, if there's anyone who can give me a legitimate argument that rogue one is not better than all three of the sequels, I will be very fucking impressed. I, I don't have anything for that.
1: Right. <laughs> Sorry, so, I agree. That's what
3: that. I'm saying. And these shows. So once again, you guys liked this show. That's, that's fine. And I, and I liked bits of it and that's fine. But Mandalorian was fucking better. It almost was was a fucking some random ass idea with a fucking character that nobody gives a shit about with good writing. They're great. Let's let's do that. I don't I don't personally want if like tomorrow they announced Han and Chewie, the the fucking space (laughs) buddy comedy. I would be like, no, fuck you. Fuck you. But if they announce something weird, like they're going to go back and tell, I don't know, a fucking Kit Fisto series or uh the, the second rise of Mandalore or, you know, some deep lore bullshit that I would be so fucking into. I just yeah. I, I don't know something about the, the Skywalkers are poison because they're never going to recapture how great everything was. So why not just not yeah. fuck with that and do something new that's better?
4: Well, no, but I, I also think, though, that you could like if you take if you do Kenobi season two and you have it be. Him and Qui Gon training, and then part of that training is he has to go on some mission, right? You don't necessarily like. I agree, don't directly involve the Skywalkers, but you can take the the stuff people liked about the prequels, and you can do better versions of that. But I think that's what this sort of was: was taking like, well, who's the one actor that we all know people liked from the prequels? Well, what if we do something with him? In order to be able to give us what we were all kind of hoping we'd get out of those movies, yeah,
3: I don't so. know. There's there's all sorts of interesting stuff that they could do. I thought, sure. see, my opinion if I, if I was writing this this Kenobi TV show, I probably would have taken the Calcastus character from the video games, and it's he shows up because he's sensed Luke and he wants to reclude <laughs> Luke to become one of his new Jedi. And it's been happening to stop them from taking him for whatever reason. And then somehow you can work into the end of the season where they all become friends and then Cal Kestis and his merry band of force sensitive assholes get murdered because they, (laughs) you know, by lore, by the time episode four happens, they have to be dead. Because if they're not dead, then lore
4: doesn't make any goddamn sense. Yeah, I don't know enough about the video games to come He's
3: just, he's one of the younglings that escaped. And his whole thing is that he's out in space trying to find remnants of Jedi's to form a new Jedi order. Okay. But obviously that doesn't happen.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: Because if it had, we would know about it.
4: Well, I mean, he could still be out there and just have been unsuccessful. As of episode four. Right, right,
2: right. Um, um, I was going to bring up that apparently Taika Waititi is doing a Star Wars show. Well, no about that one. He says that uh, he's doing all a brand new, brand new characters. It's like yeah. nobody, nobody in his show is going to be an established character, which I'm kind of interested to see.
3: I mean, here's here's the thing. If Taika Watiti does a fucking show that's about a goddamn cantina band traveling from planet to planet <laughs> playing cantina shows and, and the hijinks that they get into, it'll probably, unfortunately, be the best fucking Star Wars thing ever <laughs> and further damage the brand. Because everybody will be like, fuck, we, <laughs> we don't need all these lightsaber battles because we could just have Taika Watiti making insane shows about fucking
2: cantina bands. I mean, I kind, of, I kind of want to watch that now.
3: That's what I'm saying. It'd be fucking great.
2: <laughs>
3: Did you guys ever watch Our Flag Means Death?
2: No, I haven't watched it yet. No. Oh, you guys are missing this, out. I'm sure I am. It's probably great. Because I really like Reese Darby, too. So, um, I had another point to make, and I completely forgot what it was. So I don't know. Uh, rumors are they may do a live uh series with uh the dude from the video game
3: i mean i don't know why you wouldn't because how how convenient was it that the people who made the video game made the character look exactly like the voice
4: actor <laughs> right? that
1: plays him
3: <laughs> so you just you just moved him over and he's the right age to play that character
4: yeah he'd be perfect who's the actor
3: uh the dude from shameless what's his name oh yeah I, 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 I kid. cameron, cameron monahan
2: mean, or something, yeah. something like
4: that. yeah he's a good actor too so yeah right yeah, oh,
2: but, right,
3: and they
4: already introduced one of the characters from the video games in fucking Mandalorian. So I mean, they've established their canon. Some of those video games are canon, so that right. stuff exists, right? Yeah, yeah. B B
3: D, the little the little two legged goggle droid that was in uh, oh, what's her face the the chicks junk shop in Boba Fett. That's that's Cal Kestis's droid. So. There's already okay. some kind of a tie in to
2: it, or it's just another version of that same droid. Maybe,
3: mask. although she, you know, she's referring it to as BD, which would be a little weird for her to call it by the same.
2: Yeah, I guess that's a good the point. The bridge. Uh, any other Star Wars related stuff before we sign off? No, Star Wars is good. So. <laughs> Are we excited for Andor? Cautiously optimistic.
3: I, I haven't. I haven't watched anything about
4: it. I don't know. What- yeah, me neither. I've been avoiding everything. Because right. everything is so spoilery now that I'm just like, I just want to go into these shows and just watch them and enjoy them.
3: Because what's, is it going to be about rebellion stuff? I don't know.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's all about people trying to rise up and stuff and who gets put in charge of stuff like that. Now does it cause a problem.
3: So, so it's going to be a whole, it's going to be a whole show about the rise of Mon Mothma. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Does it because does it become a problem when uh, we already know sort of what the fates of some of the characters are? Like yeah. we had the the Obi Wan Vader duel, and I'm like, this is cool, but you know, nobody's going to die, so yeah, it doesn't it, matter.
3: It robs it robs it of stakes.
2: Yeah, it does have that issue a little bit, but you can still make it exciting. Um, like I decided, I think like, Andor is like pretty have,
3: good, but I don't have maybe, any complaints about those fights.
2: We know he dies in Rogue One, so it's like, well, is it worth getting that invested? Yeah, I don't know. I think if it's good, it's
4: good. If it's not, it's not. We're kind of overthinking it a little bit sometimes, where it's like, yeah, okay, you could say it it robs it of stakes, but if it's entertaining, it's entertaining. So,
3: Agreed. I agree. Wait, isn't that usually the argument I make about (laughs) shitty (laughs) movies that you tell me is incorrect?
4: (laughs) But your argument is like, that movie was entertaining because i was laughing at it rather than laughing with it that's where the disagreement we get into comes i'll accept it are you
3: guys caught up on miss marvel yet
4: i am i am in fact as well
3: deep cut man fucking clandestine clandestine so deep
2: yeah i had no idea who they were
3: fuck me yeah that's like a the fucking group of characters that had a fucking 12 issue (laughs) run (laughs) written by a British guy.
4: All right. I see. That's the thing is I have no idea who any of these people are. So,
3: so it's, so they're way fucking different. So in, in the comic books and forgive me because they're a deep cut for a reason because their name is fucking stupid. So, (laughs) so they're not the, clandestines they're clan destined they are a a family with the last name destined i don't know if i can get behind that (laughs) and the original character is a medieval knight character named adam something i can't remember what his original name is but basically he falls in love with a supernatural being that's a jinn, So that's kind of accurate, which was a cool idea because, you know, the jinn's association with uh, the Muslim religion and all that kind of stuff. So that's that was a cool deep cut that they went to. And he gets stabbed through the heart by some grim reaper-y bad guy and doesn't die. And there's this whole weird thing where essentially he becomes immortal. And all of his progeny have superpowers because it's him, this immortal Adam Destin guy and his gin wife. And uh, basically throughout time, they're super villains until it gets to a certain point where two of the kids decide to become superheroes and kind of them being superheroes is slowly but surely winning over their family to also become superheroes instead of being Supervillains, but the the characters in the show are almost completely different. Like there, there's very little crossover. Like the, uh, oh the the chick's name, I think her name's like Adama or something like that. Which clearly she's supposed to be Adam's surrogate, but I don't know. They're they're clearly changing it all. But what, it was a cool idea. It was a cool idea to switch her power from being an Inhuman to being
4: a member of clandestine. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I can't speak to any of that. So I can just say the show is pretty fun to watch. So. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I was gonna say one of the weird things too. So so the character of Cameron in the comic mm-hmm. books is a supervillain, and so clandestine is mostly superhero-ish at this point in time, and they've obviously. Turned that on this fucking head and now Clandestine's back to being super villains and and they're making Cameron superheroish. Although in the in the comic books, I think he has like a Emma Frost esque power. I think he can turn it, it like he can turn into crystal or something weird oh. like that. Some okay.
2: essence sort of
3: Yeah, there's yeah, there's there's some fucking weird thing that he does that they haven't shown yet. We'll see. Yeah, they haven't revealed much about
2: him yet. So yeah, I just like it. The show's fun. Um, I was talking with somebody else about how I like that it's just something bright and fun and whatever. Like, it's not all dark and dreary like a lot of the Marvel stuff has become. Yeah. And I, I still like all that stuff, but it's fun just to get something completely different. And just well, like I said.
3: And it's, it sounds like it's doing the thing that it needed to do as well. My, I, I actually talked to my older brother earlier today and he said that his two daughters are getting super fucking into it and they don't like nice. all the superhero stuff.
4: Okay. okay. That's good to hear.
3: Yeah. So, cause they're, you know, they're seeing this young girl doing young girl things And he said, and from that, they've kind of started getting into Spider-Man and stuff. So now they're kind of being sucked into the superhero world via this experiment with the TV show. And I was like, well, good. That's exactly that's literally exactly what this show should do.
2: (laughs) Slowly being corrupted.
4: It's about time they sucked in those three people who weren't Marvel fans yet.
3: (laughs) Well, I mean, his historically preteen girls
4: not the market for comic books and um, or superhero movies. See, a lot of the like very young girls that I know are into this stuff though. Like the, cause I know fives and six year olds, right? But they are into <laughs> it. So. But well, as I'm that,
3: saying, five, five and six year old, these girls are more like preteens.
4: Yeah. But I'm just wondering whether these kids are going to outgrow it growing up in a world where the MCU exists.
3: I don't know. It's crazy. I, I find it every morning that I wake up and I'm like, man, I hope this goes for another year. I think about when it started and I'm like, holy shit, they've been doing this for 20 fucking
4: years and it's still going strong. Do you guys remember when they were going to make the first Avengers movie and we're like, how are they going to have a movie <laughs> with four superheroes? Uh. In it? How are they going to do it? Uh. Oh, man, it's a good thing they brought in Joss Whedon because he's used to working with larger groups. Thank goodness. He's,
2: he's definitely not a problematic director. Shit.
3: When they announced Iron Man, that was the one that fucked me up because I was like, I fucking love Iron Man. And what are the odds of them not making a just hot pile of shit Iron Man movie? I just don't believe it. And the movie before that was uh, the the Norton Hulk movie. And it wasn't terrible. Don't get me wrong. But it was the last off brand <laughs> Yeah.
0: Norman Marvel
3: Holt movie, movie was
2: the second movie.
3: Yeah. It came out is that right? Did it come yeah, out yeah. after? So what yeah. was before it? There was one right before
2: it. Am I thinking of? Don't know. Because mm. uh, yeah. Tony Stark shows up at the end of Incredible not Hulk. you not
3: thinking of the Ang Lee yeah. Hulk, are you? No, not the Ang Lee Hulk.
4: Yeah, what am I thinking?
3: Uh, I don't X-Men? know. It was, once again, it was fucking 20 years ago. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> It's
4: not 20 years ago. It was, it was 14. Iron, yeah. Iron Man is 2008. It's... Just COVID oh, makes everything seem longer ago.
2: You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, because you literally keep saying 20 years ago.
3: But, uh, yeah, I don't know. So, but when that movie came out, and it was fucking great. I was like, holy shit. This is going to yeah. be the greatest five years of all time. <laughs> Still going strong.
2: I just remember people being like, Iron Man 2 is dumb. It's, all it's doing is setting up Avengers. And I'm like, well, yeah, but that's. That's.
4: Kind it is <laughs> it's, it's overloaded with um overload it's overloaded with setup up for the next movies yeah. and trying to establish the universe it's fair and,
3: and we've had our doing. dark we
4: had our dark moments there was thor the dark world there was iron man 3 i know mistakes were made <laughs> Again, though, if you go back and watch those movies and you compare them to what we were getting pre-MCU, like compare that to Ang Lee's Hulk or compare that to like those Fantastic Four movies, you're like, yeah, it's still pretty good.
3: How dare, you? To that stuff. How dare you skip over Nick Cage Ghost Rider?
1: <laughs> <Right>.
3: <laughs> uh, and I'll tell you what. Those those movies are trash, but I forgive them for one fucking reason. Roger Hauer was Mephistopheles.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> fucking awesome. I mean, I can't. I, I knew better. I knew better than to watch those. Yeah, don't.
2: But the, the only the, good the only the good first part
4: one is,
3: uh, is cartoony garbage. Yeah, and the second one is, is such a knee jerk opposite direction movie. Of them going, oh, the reason why people didn't like this was because it was cartoony garbage. And we're like, yeah. And they're like, so this one's good. He's going to piss fire. And we're like, oh, God damn it.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: Fuck. Uh, the first one does have Sam Elliott as the original Ghost Rider, which is pretty fantastic. Yeah. And I'm the Phantom Rider. Yeah. But, you know, don't waste your time, though.
3: I did, see, I don't know if I can. T- it's not. So it's bad.
2: <laughs> it's <laughs> really bad. Don't do it, Doug. Don't do it. But, it's, <sighs> but is it that bad? It's uh, Nick Cage doing his horrible southern accent from Con Air.
3: Right. I'm trying to remember, because I think, I think that there's an exact moment where the movie loses me, and that's about three quarters of the way through the movie. Nick Cage, it's dark outside, and he walks past a tree, and they are clearly on a movie soundstage with a fake-ass plastic tree next to him. And I was like, what in the... F- Did they run out of money? <laughs> what What happened? What happened that this was shot and put into a fucking movie? Because that is clearly, clearly a 4K high-def fake plastic tree.
4: It's hilarious to me that that's where that movie would lose you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Look, the rest, the rest of it's just a shitty CGI fest. I mean, it's him riding a motorcycle up a wall and creating a tornado of fire with a chain in order to kill his weird elemental themed bad guys in that movie that aren't quite fleshed out or fucking explained like (laughs) they're weird. And Blackheart's the main bad guy. And instead of Blackheart being a giant, cool, evil demon beast like he is in the comics, it's just some fucking douchebag. It's,
2: It's Wes Bentley.
3: Right. Like I said, it's bad don't no one watch this movie and say Noah said it was good because that's not what I said <laughs> I said it's bad and maybe you should watch it <laughs> and depending on how angry you are about it maybe you should watch the second one too he he does literally piss fire and not in a good way in a nonsensical here's a weird montage scene and we're going to add in Ghost Rider pissing fire <laughs> can they not watch those
1: please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater
0: and now folks it's time to say good night we sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment please drive home carefully and come back again soon good night